0: This is Space Cats Peace Turtles, the unofficial podcast for Fantasy Flight's Twilight Imperium, episode 284, Super Mohawks Gene Sorcerer's Guide. Music by Ben Prunty, featuring Matt Martin's and Hunter Donaldson. it's february did you know that hunter it's february of 2023
1: it's it's february and we are welcoming you yeah hello to february hello welcome a a
0: month of love (laughs) (laughs) A month of love. A a month of love. Uh, And guess what? Because it's the month of love, it means we're one month away from a thing we want to talk about, and I wish I had more details, but we have some details for you. Yeah, We are doing a live show. We referenced it a while back. We're going to Portland, Oregon. Portland, Oregon, and we are doing a live show in Portland, Oregon at the Helium Comedy Club in Portland, Oregon. It's a live show at the Helium Comedy Club in portland oregon hunter yes give them the dates yeah and time. okay here's what i got for you on march
1: 22nd at the helium comedy club in portland oregon uh we will be performing the show starts at eight tickets are on sale now <clears throat> go to the uh helium comedy or portland.heliumcomedy.com uh and look at the calendar and you can find uh, our little mug there, uh, sandwiched in between uh, their open mic night, which is on Tuesdays, and then Dana Gould of uh, Simpsons fame, uh, and the voice of Gex, um, and we're we're kind of right there where we belong, in between uh-huh. Gex and uh, no, mic. and then literally no one. Um, so there you go.
0: That's 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 us. <laughs> that's, that's our, our corner spot. of the internet
1: <laughs> now Matt are yep. we asking you to possibly travel to Portland Oregon to just see a stand-up comedy or not a stand-up comedy show a, a po- live podcast taping
0: yeah. on a Wednesday night and then that's it you just go back home. Is uh, that what we're doing? That's one of the things we're asking you to do, but we want to do more. And I tell you, if we had a venue nailed down, I'd give you really specific details right now. But what yeah. we know is there's a lot of amazing places to play games in Portland, Oregon, and we'll be playing games with you at one of them uh, the yeah. rest of the weekend, basically. We've booked through Sunday to do stuff. We we yeah. are more or less considering this SCPT con whatever that means. It's just a thing where we want people to hang out with us in Portland. Actually, Uh, I think the plan is more or less like at least two days of just like lock ourselves in a cafe and play games, play some TI, play some spirit Island, play some root, play whatever our hearts content, hang out with people, maybe put together a little tournament, maybe just let it be open table game stuff. We just want to play games. And then maybe like a couple days of, Let's meet up and all get lunch at a place or whatever. This what sounds have you.
1: very shaky. So yeah. I just want to be clear with people. There will actually there will be, be an itinerary. Thing. It is yeah. not a maybe <laughs> there no. And it is not. We we are not going to be at a cafe. We are going to be at a specific place with right. tables where lots of us can play. Yes. Um so the idea being this you come to Portland on a Wednesday, you come see our show, and then we will be there Thursday through Sunday. And we are going to be at, I really wish we already had the place. I know. We, are, we are having conversations that are, it's weird. It didn't take us very long to get the comedy club <laughs> locked down. I'll tell you that much. We got that figured out.
0: Blinkety split. Apparently uh, the world also recognizes us as comedy first, board game second.
1: Yeah. yeah, you know what it is? I got this, you know, comedy people are responding to our emails like quickly yeah. and we're just getting to the point. Um, and then as far as, Getting us a place to play Twilight Imperium all weekend, yeah. that has been harder. Yeah. Um, but we guarantee you we are gonna get at least two days locked in. Yeah. It'll maybe be Thursday, Friday, maybe it'll be Friday, Saturday. It's gonna be something like that. Yeah. And then the days in between, we will likely be doing like meetups and going to possibly we'll all I don't know how many people to expect. Right. Obviously. That's this why like that's the kind of unknown aspect of it. Uh, but we will inform you of more stuff as more stuff opens up, as yep. more things are um, figured out. It's going to be a really awesome time. Yes. That's what I want to say for sure. Right. Um, no matter what we have to do in order to figure out how to make this work, this is, yeah, the unofficial uh, first a- annual, no, no, not annual. <laughs> this is our first SDPT con. <laughs> yeah. That's not really a con,
0: it's more of a hootenanny. <laughs> that's,
1: that's the full title. <laughs> There we go.
0: (laughs) Yeah, uh, we'll uh, more than likely as we get things properly solidified, we'll have like an event bright thing that uh, has like a proper itinerary spelled out. Like we'll have like a thing that's really nice and organized. But we were kind of tired of not getting to talk about it in detail because we want people to get hyped for it and especially people that are like sort of near Portland but aren't in portland might you know they might need to plan a little bit ahead for this kind of a thing and so we want people to know that this is all happening luckily it's like the week of some places spring break which is good and bad it means flights are expensive but it means people might have time to do all of this which is the hope hopefully we all can hang out for extended periods of time so yeah i don't know come spring break spring 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 break with space cats peace turtles
1: So one thing I want to try and do that I've been kind of keeping quiet um <laughs> but I might start communicating with uh Brassbird and some of the some of the Portland chapter uh-huh. of uh SCPT West um <laughs> is I kind of want to try and do and I know this is impossible what I'm about to say but is it impossible I don't know I want to play the canonical game of Twilight <laughs> with 25 players. No. Yes. Yes. And somehow it all makes sense. Oh, now man. I don't know where you put that. Mm-hmm. I don't know how that works. Yeah, but I might. That might be something that happens. A strange. And, T-I and if you miss the canonical game. game of Twilight Imperium, you won't know what happened <laughs> uh-huh. in the canonical game. Okay, <laughs> you need to be there to witness. Twenty-five people play Twilight Imperium. Now, what will their strategy cards be? Shut up, you. <laughs> okay, back off. How long will it take to play a 25 player game? Get out of here. That sounds like naysaying. Okay. (laughs) Hearing some naysaying. (laughs) I mean, in real life. Mm -hmm. Yes, I know it would be easier on tabletop simulator or tabletop playground.
0: I know it would be. Or async, which has already got something like this.
1: Uh Uh-huh. Sure. Sure. I want to do it. I don't even care that it doesn't make sense and is stupid and won't work. I don't even care about those facts.
0: You're like Steve Jobs. Just I just <laughs> wanted to be a phone and a computer. Shut up and make it work.
2: <laughs> and everyone make else me looked, a phone like, okay. computer now."
0: <laughs> uh, all right, we have we have. Boy, do we have a proper episode for you today? It's proper. It's big. It's good. It's the Super Mahawked Gene Sorcerer's Guide. Let me tell you, it's been like two years since last we broached the topic of Mahawked, and I mm-hmm. gotta say, Hunter, last time maybe maybe we weren't fully aware and i'm hey listen i'm not the one who prepped mahawk stuff which means i'm twice as responsible for things being off but i i feel like we missed the mark on the first mahawk guide i i was not much of oh, a contributor nice. and i nice. i'm saying i'm taking That's the cool. fall here for you
1: this is this is this is hunter coming to you from under the bus <laughs> uh, where i'm where i'm currently living. Uh yeah sure we we didn't quite get it we we didn't we didn't quite get it last
0: time no we've um. talked about this though that the, we're doing these again We're we are approaching the Pok factions again because the first time we did them was more or less like our first round strategies guide of the base game stuff which is like listen we just learned this game we are just figuring out mm-hmm. what Pok even means we don't know what like the dominant strategies are gonna be and now we're you know two to three years in we've seen Mohawk have a bad 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 year in the tournament and that's like the context under which the first guide was sort of building itself right was when yeah. the was was yeah. performing poorly and it wasn't feeling good and nothing seemed right and now we've had one year of stellar mahawk uh wins and this year is also shaping up to be a mahawk year we've got a, a decent number of mahawk wins in the early qualifiers so we're coming around on mahawk is pretty good as a faction which was not necessarily yeah. our stance before
1: yeah, I think it just it took some uh, took some time for Mahawk to kind of settle. Mm-hmm. Um, everyone was so overwhelmed by Prophecy of Kings when it first came out, and I think that there were a lot of other factions that got picked up uh, a lot faster. That people, where people understood what made them good. Right. I'm thinking uh, Argent. Yeah. Um. And then now that POK has kind of settled into, we now everyone sort of gets it. Yeah. Um. It's now easier to read like what is actually good, and guess what's actually good. It's Mahawk. Yeah. Um yeah. it's kneel time. You better be kneeling <laughs> bet. for this Is everyone one.
0: kneeling? Uh yeah, Mahawk gene sorcerers are a funny faction too because they are uh the lore sheet offers just as many questions as answers. Uh the Mahawks were before POK sort of a, a legend, the stuff of legend. The Mahawk kings, the Mahawk gene sorcerers were referenced, you knew they existed. They are what preceded the lazax empire and we the game we are playing is in a post lazax empire world so this is this is two full dynasties back of of the ruling nation state or whatever and uh i'll tell you if you're looking for answers of what happened to the mahokt uh, don't go to the back of the faction sheet. It won't tell you. It'll just be like, well, the, the Lazics beat them, and that's that's what happened. Okay, quit oh, asking like questions. In this fight, or what do you mean? They <laughs> hey, beat them shut in... up! Hey, shut up! Oh. You. Oh, oh. Hey, hey why, are there, why are there why are their faces like a galaxy? Hey, shut up! You. We're not going to talk about their physiology at all. <laughs> where did they come from, and why are they back? Mm, no, shut up! You. Uh, th- no, where th- that, did they that, come from? That's slightly answered. They retreated. They ran away. The surviving members of the Mahok. Ma- ma- ha- t- gene sorcerers uh, escaped Lazak's rule, sort of like how the L1Z1X is a faction, right? Those are the Lazaks that ran away and then did weird cybernetic engineering to themselves and then came back the L1Z1X. This is like that if the Mahak didn't cybernetically engineer themselves, but they locked themselves behind a wormhole that then the rest of the universe closed off for seemingly forever until the chief events of Prophecy of Kings is the G- Ghost of Krius unlocking that portal boom Mahokter are back they live on Ixth. it's like a big dead planet they want to make everybody else just as dead as their dead planet and there's not very many of them and it's very weird and also the big thing i would say is i would categorize Mahokt as one of the not a gray factions they're they, yeah. this is not a gray. they're the bad they're the bad ones they're mean they're, they're evil. really evil <laughs> <laughs> pure evil it, are they the most pure evil
1: faction matt would you I say i feel Or-wash? like
0: i would because there's others that are like they are evil but they have some sort of strange like like the plants like arborec right like they, they're seemingly evil but they're also just sort of like naturalistic they're sort of indifferent and that's mm-hmm. part of their evilness like necro is pretty evil but yeah also they're like a spurned group like they they you know something happened to them and they have these like they have this history. Mahawk are just like, we used to be in charge and we wish we still were. And we like it when everyone <laughs> is our slaves. It's like, okay, I don't know that I, you don't really get any wiggle room there.
1: It's It's almost as if Dane didn't like all the complex moral <laughs> aspects of Twilight Imperium and then decided to just introduce... Well, here's a dinosaur,
0: Yeah, and then here is a man with a galaxy for a brain, and he's evil. <laughs> well, it's like, okay, the, the history of the game is that the Lazaks were pretty evil, and we had to do away with them, right? Because they were pretty bad. So, yeah. how do how do the Lazaks have to rise to power by being the good guys, and for them to be as gray as they are? Whoever they're defeating must be less gray than than themselves and they're not very gray so yeah they, they had to unseat a ruling dynasty of about as black as you can get uh, yeah uh, in, in terms of uh, just it's, I mean everything on their sheet is, is kneel is obey is everything must you know f- follow the whims of the exceptionally few they, they, they literally take over your brain and just control your body That's, their armies are other factions that they have just uh, wrested control of
1: Yeah, yeah. They're just a mind control faction, and that's what they do. But they're also somehow gene sorcerers. (laughs) Whatever that means. Whatever (laughs) that means. I don't know. We kind of... Does anyone think, like, I like this faction. I like playing them. Uh, I've had a good time with them. You can check out on the YouTube. I've posted a game that I played as Mahawk. I have a good time. It's nice. Um, Let's just level, though. (laughs) They're kind of stupid. Okay? (laughs) Like, let's just be real. Like, it's kind of... It's kind of a lot, you know, it's kind of not like if you look at the other factions, they have a lot more like personality and aren't (laughs) quite so like self-serious, whereas the Mahak are just kind of like, okay, uh, this, this should have chilled a little bit. The Cabal are evil, but they're also dinosaurs, right? so that's pretty funny. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's really good. All the other POK factions have some sort of levity to them. Yeah. And then the mahawk are kind of just, you know, Obey me. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I like how their symbol looks like a crown, but right. they don't wear crowns. Their their
0: whole helmets are co- sort of crown-like, though. They're, oh, I they, guess you're right. I, we don't know what and... they look like without the crown on. As far That's as we can tell, something. they literally just are little small galaxies. As much as I know about their physiology, they just are little. I mean, they're not. They don't seem that far removed from Ghosts of Creus. So I don't know. I don't know what the deal is with these folks
1: they're kind of just evil ghosts of krius i guess we could say lore wise
0: okay that makes
1: sense that won't get anyone angry at us (laughs) no we're not in trouble listen matt (laughs) when you're talking you can get all the lore stuff right yeah when i'm talking i'll get it wrong (laughs) and then absol will post and say hey hunter you got this wrong that was incorrect that comment you made and then I'll you lock alive. it away in your special filing
0: cabinet. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah.
1: Every time Absol posts one of those posts, I take a screenshot of it and I put it in my little folder. That's what I do. I, I, it's called Hunter's Mistakes, and I keep it. And it's got a lot of stuff in there. Yeah. Uh, you don't want to see my Hunter's Mistakes folder. Mm-hmm. Uh, all right. Oh, well, yeah. It's 16 minutes into the episode, I know. and we haven't talked strategy at all let's... yet.
0: Let's do overviews of components. Let's I mean, we've done this stuff kind of before, but it's worth sort of rehashing uh, what this faction has under its belt hunter. I want to tell you about its starting units. They start with one dreadnought, one carrier, one cruiser, two fighters, three infantry and a space dock. Uh, that's me. A, that's a fine, it's a fine start, sort of, right? I mean, it's it's three capacity. I mean, four five five capacity, three infantry, you can take three planets round one without yeah. uh, any issue. that's that three is what planets, it is.
1: yeah, yeah, that's that's what you got, basically, um, yeah, it's 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 okay. it's it's not I would say by p o k standards, though technically, it's like bad, yeah, right. Um, because p o k made it so that pretty much everybody either is two c four i or have some sort of hack to make them two c four i. right. So this is technically, 2C3i, so, like, we're a little bit off there. Um, So, yeah, I would say, like, by POK standards, this is a little bit rough. And also, overall, most of the things in the Mahawk kit isn't rough. Yeah. So it's fair to say at this point, I, w- I would say that the starting units are not my favorite part
0: right. of the faction. Yeah. Uh, their starting tech is a BioStims, which is the green tech that allows you to either refresh a planet with a tech skip or another technology. You, of course, don't really start with a technology worthy of refreshing, but if you can find a planet with a tech skip round one, that's mm-hmm. great. And then you'll use BioStims for all the other purposes later on. Their second tech is Predictive Intelligence, which is the one where you rearrange command tokens on your sheet, which... Can come in handy because we'll get into the faction abilities basically
1: yeah also though i just want to say for the record i love predictive yeah um it's an awesome tech uh and i've kind of gravitated towards it in pretty much every game that i've played regardless of whether i'm playing mahawk or not Mm -hmm. i think it's that kind of thing where you're like oh this is nice but it's kind of extra but then every time i get it i'm like oh look i can do this yeah like that happens like 100%
0: of the time right So. Right. Yeah, it's a good, really cool it's, to start with. Yes, it's good to start with. It's good to not have to go out of your way to research, and it's good to have in the late game. That's the whole idea. Just set it and forget it is the kind of thing with predictive. Just like, yep, you got it, and that's going to be great when it comes up. Uh, mm-hmm. Their home system is a single planet. Three resources, five influence, Xth a dry, dead world of black volcanic mountains and molten seas of lava. The great necropolis of Gorgos on the Plateau Imperia is the only evidence of civilization. So... Three resources at a home system is mm, in the middle of the... It's like, okay, not having a second planet for more docks, rough. But the five influence is something you will hear remarked about quite often, and we will talk about as well. Uh, It's pretty good. Finally, they have three commodities, and that's, you know, middle of the pack. That's fine. Nothing wrong with that. Let's talk about their abilities, because this is where things get incredibly complex this is one of those factions where the abilities section is just a big old wall of text and it's dane trying to be like okay i have a concept and i'm going to do everything i can to help you understand this concept but uh yeah it's weird <laughs> first up is edict when you win a combat place one command token from your opponent's reinforcements in your fleet pool if it does not already contain one of that player's tokens other players tokens in your fleet pool Increase your fleet limit, but cannot be redistributed. So when you win a combat, you gain a token in your fleet pool and it sticks around. That's why the predictive is useful. You can then like later if you want to cycle your own tokens out. If you've got enough opponent tokens in your fleet pool, it's all fine and dandy. You have more stuff to do. Their second one is Imperia. While another player's command token is in your fleet pool you can use the ability of that player's commander if it is unlocked. So you can go around collecting effectively people's alliances by sucking up their commander abilities with their command tokens. And the last ability that is relevant to all of this is hubris during setup. You purge your own Alliance promissory note and other players cannot give you Alliance promissory notes. So Imperia as an ability is actually the only way you can acquire the Alliance powers of other people. You don't gain Alliance promissory notes. You Imperia them via your fleet pool.
1: Yeah. It's a pretty cool thing to do the first time you play as Mahawk two to realize that you're going to purge one of the standard component it's like very dramatic uh-huh. like dane could have written that like several different ways right uh but chose purge, purge your alliance like it's it feels like something the mahawk would do Mm -hmm. like you sit down and play a mahawk game and the first thing you do is you take one of your components and you destroy it
0: (laughs) (laughs) turn it to the box you pick my sorcerers and then it says look everyone in the eyes as you crumple up the alliance promise right now and you tell them there will be no alliances today
1: (laughs) we will not be trading i will take Yeah,
0: It's uh, pretty cool. They also have a uh, faction unit that you'll be able to upgrade later. Their infantry are called Crimson Legionnaires. Uh, they hit on an eight. You build them one, uh, two, two for one like the other infantry, but after this unit is destroyed, gain one commodity or convert one of your commodities to a trade good. So have, they yeah. have this weird refund policy on their infantry. It's like a two steps removed refund policy on their infantry
1: yeah um and i believe the way this happens is it's when they're destroyed you can like it's like i can gain a commodity and then immediately like let's say we killed two infantry i can gain a commodity and then turn it into a trade good right that's like it's not like they're both resolved at once they're resolved in the or in an order right or like one is destroyed, and then the next one, and then the next one, and then the next one, and then the right. next one. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. yeah. Uh, their flagship is the Arvicon Rex. It is uh, build 8, 2 on a 5. So in the good uh, flagships, 1 move, 3 capacity. That stuff is standard. The ability is during combat against an opponent whose command token is not in your fleet pool, apply plus 2 to the results of this unit's combat roles. Remember that wording because things are going to get confusing if you think too much about what tokens are in your faction pool. This is the one ability you need to pay attention to what is not in your pool. Think of the Arvicon Rex as your tool to go get more tokens if you want to. It's also just like a good ship. You're just going to use it as a good ship. But just in terms of remembering what you're doing with your various components, this is the one thing that isn't Based on what you already have on your sheet, it's based on what you don't have on your sheet, and I I definitely trip myself up with that because like the mech cares about what you have, the commanders you have access to compares about like you know cares about what you have. This is the one mm-hmm. thing that's the inverse of that. Yeah, uh, yeah, Matt
1: Matt did nail it with the uh, yeah. You should think about what isn't on your in your fleet pool, not what what is.
0: Uh, next up, we've got some leaders, uh, and our leaders we have the weirdest leader seat because again, remember when we get to the commander, you cannot give this power away but first we have our agent which is also a strange one because the idea of most agents is you can do this power or you can let somebody else do this power on your behalf you activate it but then they do it but jay khan is different this is the, an ability that only Mahawk does, but it does affect someone else. Uh, so the ability reads as this. When you would spend a command token during the secondary ability of a strategic action, you may exhaust this card to remove one of the active player's command tokens from the board and use it instead. So this is a big thing you'll see talked about in early rounds, but the idea is you pull it from the board. They got to have a token on the board. You pull it and then you use that to spend it. Now, in most cases, that just means you've just spent it. You've removed it from the board. There's a special consideration here of construction has a player take a token from their strategy pool and then place it on the board. This one implies you take their token from the board, then use their token where you want to put your space dock doing the secondary of construction, and you put their token where your space dock is going. Thus, not activating the system for yourself. Uh, That can be important in, like, Rounds two and three potentially.
1: Yeah, obviously. Uh, in a in a situation where construction is taken, you can sort of, in a Christmas landy kind of way, uh, end up uh, using it to like defend yourself to mm-hmm. say like, oh, I'm gonna mo- I'm gonna create a structure here, and because you already have a token over there, blah blah blah, yada yada. Yeah. Um, the thing is though that construction is oftentimes play played first action, right. so it's almost. It's not going to come up that much. It's just a cool, different thing for construction.
0: Yeah. Uh, Their commander has the unlock of have two other faction command tokens in your fleet pool. So basically win two combats against other people and, and then have those tokens in your fleet pool. And then that gives you access to the ability during your tactical actions. You can activate systems that contain your command tokens. If you do, Return both command tokens to your reinforcements and end your turn. This is a long winded mechanical way of saying you can deactivate yourself. You can remove tokens from the board and move again. This is the big thing that is breaking one of the cardinal rules of Twilight Imperium, which is once you've activated a system for a round, that's it. That stuff doesn't get to move again. And this commander says, well, as long as you've got a very robust token economy, You can activate it again, you pull both tokens, throw them into your reinforcements, but all that stuff could, on a later action, move yet again. So, you know, a late-game Mahawk can move multiple times and just, like, go rush for Mechatol or go rush for someone's home system or whatever's the important place they need to be. With enough tokens, you can do anything as Mahogt. With this commander, there is a strange thing that has to be sort of addressed. We have a, we have some FAQ stuff to, to point out. So if you're playing TI and you don't know about the Dane FAQ, there's a f- essentially a pseudo-unofficial but also official series of answers Dane has provided us on things that aren't necessarily like printed in any online rulebook or whatever. It's stuff that like basically hasn't been able to put into a new Living Rules reference. And one of those is a timing about uh, the Mahak commander that's um, quite confusing and worth bringing up here while we're talking about that commander. Uh, The question is, in regards to the Mahak commander, Ilnavera said, when does your turn end? Uh, Do you resolve... When slash after abilities if you activate a system, uh, if you activate a system's abilities, is this any different from nullification field or Star Lancer? Can you resolve your end of turn abilities? Uh, And (laughs) Dane says, contrary to a previous Twitter ruling, that's hilarious by itself, uh, that we're we're changing things that were said somewhere on Twitter. When slash after you activate and other abilities within your turn cannot be used when the Mahawked player places a second token in a system. End of turn abilities can still be used. Any ability that ends your turn should be treated as ending your turn when they occur and no further abilities during that same trigger window can take place. So there's a handful of abilities that say, end your turn, uh, Ilna set being one of them. You, you place the token and then immediately end your turn. And basically because of some weird rules shenanigans, you can't then do any weird uh, after, you know, you, someone can't like play their ceasefire on you when you're doing this remove a token thing. They can, they can do it in some other instance, but the remove your token is really just a functional way of just taking that token away and nothing else happens. Nothing else gets to happen. You don't get to do any other crazy abilities. You're not doing scan link because you're not technically activating the system. Just think of it as a deactivate and that's it. Yeah, yeah exactly. Uh, and finally, we've got uh, the hero, Benediction, which is as an action, move... All units in the space area of any system to an adjacent system that contains a different player's ships. Space combat is resolved in that system. Neither player can retreat or resolve abilities that would move their ships, then purge this card. So this is the big haymaker. This is the thing people talk about all game long. This is something we have much, uh, we've we've spent many, many hours all debating in-game what's going to happen with Benediction.
1: Right, yeah, it's a it's a big ability. It kind of makes the faction what it is. Um, we've got some errata for this. Uh, yeah. Obviously, this this ability was really complicated and <laughs> really kind of confused people for a very long time. And I think it was mostly because it just hadn't really all been fleshed out. Yeah. Um, the amount of play testing that would have been necessary to actually figure out all of the things that needed to be figured out for Benediction
0: uh, is not possible. Yeah. So there you go. Right. Guess what? It's just not possible. Yeah. Um, it's, it's also a lot of cheeky stuff, too, right? It's things that maybe you could, like, if you were... You could assume work this way, but again, the, 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 this is an ability, not like a tactical action, but you're doing the, like, sort of steps of a tactical action, so it gets very confusing. So one of the examples is about anomalies. Um, any units moving into, through, or out of anomalies must follow the same rules for ships moving into, through, or out of anomalies during any other movement step. This includes units being moved by Mahak's Benediction or moving ground forces with Gom Secus. So, this is, this is a general rule that applies to this. Nebula rules, however, will be changed. A nebula will no longer require being the active system, i.e., a, to- a system with a token in it <laughs> in the moment of this action, uh, in order to move it. The rule 59.1 will effectively be changed to units may not move through a nebula. There was weird stuff where, like, you couldn't Benedict into a nebula at one point, because it was like you right. couldn't, you, you were technically only allowed to do nebula movements and tactical actions. That's sort of what's changing here. So the the general rule is treat benediction like a tactical action movement that can only move to an adjacent space. But all the right. other rules about movement apply, basically.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And there's another piece of errata asking who uh, in who in the butt is the <laughs> active player whenever... Mahawk plays Benediction. This is important for a uh, litany of game effects. Mm-hmm. Um, and the question is, when the Mahawk hero uh, Benediction is used, who is considered the attacker and who is considered the defender? For ability purposes, is the combat considered the active system? Um, the ships being moved belong to the attacker and the ships not being moved belong to the defender. The combat system is treated as the active system during that combat. Yeah. So that should settle... <laughs> most of the stuff (laughs) it doesn't settle everything but it settles a majority of the things right and i know a lot of people haven't really they don't really keep up with this faq um like document that we have and it was never really like officially published so i thought it was worthwhile to like actually go over these things again yeah
0: definitely uh, and our, our one of our final components before we get into techs and stuff, but we've got our mech, of course, is the Star Lancer, which is uh, standard stats, two costs, six combat, sustained damage. The ability is, after a player whose command token is in your fleet pool activates the system, you may spend their token from your fleet pool to end their turn. They gain that token so you give their token back you do go down in fleet pool so you would have to like check and make sure you don't like destroy ships anywhere because you yeah, are yeah. going down but then you completely call off all the action like we said before you end the turn nothing else gets to happen they activate and then pff, we're done we move we, we we move on they do end of turn abilities and that is the end of it right
1: um and then we have a piece of errata here uh can mahawk use their mech ability on themselves and the answer <laughs> is yes <laughs> But you can use it as sort of a rinky-dink, <laughs> really bad predictive. Yeah. <laughs> where you activate you activate a Star Lancer, you take one token out of Fleet Pool, and uh-huh. you give it to yourself uh, to put in either strategy or tactics. Yeah. And, you know, it, it's good to remember that you have that option. Sure. Okay? Sure. Like, it's, it's good to remember that that's a thing. Uh, I hope to God you'd never need to use it because you're probably not in a great spot if you're thinking, oh, I need to just, I need to move a token around on my sheet so bad that I have to waste a token to even start it. Right.
0: Uh, The only way I perceive this being useful is like, because you can't even build, you end your own turn. So you're spending a token to move a token. So I can't imagine why that would need... I don't know. See, this is... this you is You don't have one in strategy. Yeah, is the, you just have to put is. a... Exactly. You gotta you get one You need one in strategy.
1: strategy. Your agent's already spent, like, right. something like that. Right. That's You're spending
0: a tactic token to move a fleet token to your strategy is the only or it's a stall (laughs) and i mean it's it's a stall stall. where you
1: get a token again so i mean it's not it's it it's easy to imagine a desperate situation where you do need to do this yeah yeah so yeah definitely remember that this is an option for you it's hilarious
0: uh their promissory note is the scepter of dominion at the start of the strategy phase choose one non-home system that contains your units Each other player who has a token on the Mahawk player's command sheet places a token from the reinforcements in that system, then return this card to the Mahawk player. So, of course, this uh, promissory note is kind of only as good as how the Mahawk player is doing in their quest to collect uh, command tokens, I guess. Yeah, it's not a very important component. Um, It is cool
1: that it can be used on Mechatol Rex. Obviously, the primary diplomacy cannot be used on Mechatol Rex. Right. So that's kind of a cool aspect of it. Um, But yeah, Matt, like you said, uh, it's it's only as good as the Mahawk Fleet Pool is at the moment that it's used. So I don't know. I mean, generally it's going to be worth... Couple tokens in, in Mechatol Rex for whoever has Mechatol right. Rex if that
0: happens to be important. Right. It's not right. always. Sometimes it is though. Yeah, it can matter. Uh so their techs, of course, we have a faction-specific unit, so we must have a faction uh, unit upgrade. Uh, the Crimson Legionnaire 2 does improve the combat co- uh, combat to seven from eight. And it keeps the exact same ability the after this unit is destroyed, gain one commodity or convert one of your commodities to a trade good. And then it does the normal infantry two thing but not uh, slightly better. The The second half is then place the unit on this card. There's no rolling a die. You do not roll. When your unit dies, you place it on this card. And at the start of your next turn, place each unit that is on this card on a planet you control in your home system. If anything, seeing this ability like this makes the normal infantry two seem weird. Like, why do we need to roll? Wait, it could just be this simple. I could just gain all my infantry back, but instead this is like a slight improvement of that but also the only thing you're gaining is that that your infantry come back home ability yeah that's it um
1: it's pretty dumb uh i don't like it and it we don't need it it's just i don't even understand why that's what it is like yeah. i don't know it doesn't even make sense uh, it's literally an ability that already exists which is uh, spec ops 2 uh, ability but like it's, I don't understand why it doesn't have anything to do with the gaining commodities part, because right. that's the that part improve? that makes the Mahawked infantry notable. Right. Yeah. It, it, yeah, it doesn't improve that at all. It just maintains that. A, I would say this is almost like not even a tech.
0: Right. This almost doesn't even exist. <laughs> if it had been just like gain a trade good, like it, that's the upgrade is instead of commodity stuff, it's like just gain a trade good for every single infantry and they come back home. Like you would almost have a green faction. You would all, maybe care about green tech as Mahawk?
1: yeah yeah maybe i i just wonder what in play test i mean i would imagine that they that in play testing it probably was like that at some point it went too far and then then, yeah maybe yeah i don't know It, it it it's a very odd thing to me to think about the fact that the upgrading the crimson legionnaires just means that they reappear on your home system and that's all you get out of that but overall maybe it was just like you know what infantry 2 is gonna be dead and
0: pok anyways right so, who cares? We're, we're not going to try and resurrect a dead horse. Just let it be dead. We've all know? moved on with our lives in playtesting. We're, we're, we're done with Infantry 2. Uh, their other faction tech is a single green requirement. Genetic recombination. You may exhaust this card before a player casts votes. That player must cast at least one vote for an outcome of your choice or remove one token from their fleet pool and return it to their reinforcements. And yeah, we've, we've talked about this in tech episodes. We've talked about this in previous Mahonk episodes. This is also more or less a kind of useless, uh, tech.
1: Yeah. Um, I would say it's pretty, it's pretty dead on arrival at this point. Um, in our wish list for the next codex, we wish list very hard for a Omega <laughs> yeah. or this tech in particular. <laughs> um, I don't think we're going to be recommending that you really invest any time or thought into yep. it. Um, Yeah. Uh, We also have a little bit of errata for it. This is, like, just something... I don't even know if this is actually something that people will be, like, confused about, but (laughs) the question is, can a player with zero votes be targeted by genetic recombination? It is theoretically possible for someone to receive abilities via transaction to allow them to vote after the timing window of genetic recombination. Is there a defined difference between cannot vote and currently has no votes (laughs) for the purposes of this technology? Here's your answer. Genetic recombination happens before a player would exhaust planets to vote. So if a player cannot vote or does not have votes to cast, they cannot be targeted by the tech. If they obtain an ability that would allow them to vote, they could be targeted by the tech, but only before votes are cast. Yeah. Um I'm not I think that maybe it has to do with bribery. Right. Like if they're trying to figure out if you could use genetic combination yeah. on somebody. You, you can't
0: do the one you can't do. Bribery, because it's after they cast votes but you can do distinguished counselor or maybe i have it backwards because distinguished, distinguished counselor is when you vote yeah you cast with five additional votes i don't know it's all nonsense anyways uh because you're not going to research this tech so it's yeah it's, or at least we're, we're not
1: going to recommend that you do yeah, that yeah. um pl- yeah pl- please don't get re- genetic recombination um and f- we're we're all in you know what don't do it in protest okay <laughs> refrain from researching it in protest because we deserve an omega <laughs> our overlord dane yep. an evil fellow as you you know heard uh, in the last episode or so two episodes ago you heard the evilness of dane our our overlord um and we must we must remain in protest and we yep. must hold brothers do not research genetic recombination. In fact, mention it in all your games, saying, I am refraining from uh, researching genetic recombination <laughs> until an Omega is is published for this tech. Take Here a you video go, Dane, of it how you and like tweet that. it
0: at Dane. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Get him. Yeah. Okay, that is all of the components the Mahawk has. So, what does all of that culminate in? What does this faction look like? Uh, it's a faction that has lots of command counter funny business, and... Uh, We said we made an excuse for things they can do in the early game and things in the late game. I don't know. They feel they feel okay if not full of words and very complicated. So I definitely agree with the sentiment out there that this is a high skill floor faction and maybe not one to uh, take in your first game of Twilight Imperium on the whole
1: yeah um they have a high level of complexity to them as uh, as stated on the faction card if you look at it it says complexity three red bars oh no avoid my friends be careful here be dragons uh do we want to take a break before we get into the rest of the guide love it
0: Welcome back. I hope you all enjoyed your little break. I hope that you ate a bagel, and I hope that it was a good bagel. Uh, Hunter, I feel like we now have the understanding these days that Mahokt are pretty good, but all factions come with some sort of downside. So is there a way we can kind of summarize what are the things to have a good Mahokt game? What are the problems we are solving for? What are we trying to uh, fix so that we have a good game?
1: Yeah, so we're going to start with with possible issues that this kit might have, um, so that we lay those out there, so that then we kind of teach you how to not have those be problems. Right. We want to de- we want to lay the problems out and then defeat them in our <laughs> minds. Okay, never actually, never play, always think. Um, so here's here's the problem: the start is not perfect. Yeah. And that does not seem like that big of a deal, except for, like, most POK factions have a perfect start. Like, absolutely perfect. Right. Um, And those that don't have some sort of trick that fixes it, uh, we don't, okay? We have three infantry and three resources at home. That's that's just not great. We're lacking in two completely different uh, departments. We're also a three commodity faction with a pretty not great promissory note, or definitely one early game that has... No value whatsoever. right. Okay? So we're a bit iffy in a couple different places. Um, Custodians, that's an option for us. That's pretty cool. But it's sort of dependent on, like, a couple different moving parts. Yeah. Uh, Timing of tech is a big one. Whether we have a red skip is Mm -hmm. a big one. Cruiser Mm -hmm. 2 is what kind of enables us to possibly do custodians. Did someone take diplomacy? That's dependent. There's a lot of little things that could mean we don't get... Uh, custodians. There's a lot of things that can play out to where Mahakt can take politics round one and still not be set up mm-hmm. to take custodians at the top of round two. Luckily we're really good at stage twos so and we'll talk about that when we get to it. Another problem. We need a decent tech skip planet. Yeah. Um, now when I say that I don't mean we need a particular tech skip um, although it doesn't hurt. Um, <laughs> having a tech skip planet planet that is somewhat higher value I'm not talking a 1-1 one, one here, I'm talking one of the planets that, something like Semlor, yeah. you know, which is a 3-2 um, and then you get, you know, the attachment and it becomes a, you know, whatever it becomes big lore yeah. and then it's really great. <laughs> um, a, a planet like that enables us to use bio stems to like kind of economically recover so we want to be looking for that, yeah. okay? When we're sitting down, when we're doing our qualifier practice round or or our actual qualifier, yeah. we want Mahak
0: to be in a Slice with a pretty decent tech skip planet. Yeah, if you're drafting and, you know, you're late in the order or something and you don't see any left, don't forget to keep an eye out for industrial planets. Because industrial planets have the chance of exploring one of these faction techs. You can you can end up with a faction tech. So if you're, like, in your multi-draft or something for the tournament and you're fifth pick and everyone chose Slice first and you know you're going to get Mahawked or whatever... You know, your backup plan could end up being some industrial planets. To, you know, if you get if you get a, a green skip on jail ear or whatever, like that, you know, you're going to have a fine game. That's a two, three planet. You're going to do just fine. So, you know, your backup plan can be those industrial planets, basically.
1: Yeah, I would say, though, to be fair, it's a it's a bit of a desperate plan. Yeah, no, absolutely. Uh, you're you're gunning for three out of 20. there. Well, <laughs> those are not great odds in your favor. Yeah. Um, and hopefully, you know, if, if you're with a faction that if you're with NRA, I don't know, forget about it. Cause right. you're just not going to get to go into the, you're not going to get to dip the bucket enough, yeah. uh, in order to make that work. So hopefully you just have one right. or, or something. I, I mean, bare minimum, you have a tech spec of some kind. Yeah. Okay. Um, another downside we want to talk about problem wise, uh, the faction is complex. Uh, these abilities are, uh, a little bit much, uh, and a first time play. Uh, I don't know. You can be pretty overwhelmed. I certainly was a hundred episodes ago. Uh, <laughs> these, these abilities also break like some of the, the main rules, the foundational yeah. rules of twilight imperium. I mean, command token, get to pick up off table. Right. What? Yeah. This is like warfare primary stuff Yeah, that we just have on tap. I mean, it's ridiculous. And also, it's a lot of abilities, right? Uh, especially if you're having a really good game of, let's say you picked up a couple commanders that are interesting, you might just be sidetracked on a million different things. You're over here, <laughs> uh, you know, workshopping your Secus cosplay. <laughs> Meanwhile, you know, another player is actually playing the game and winning. Yeah. You know what I mean? I mean, you're, are you having fun? Sure. sure. Uh, are you winning? No. Right. What do we teach you here? Do we teach you fun or do we teach you win? Uh-huh. What do we teach you? Never okay. fun. Never, ever. How dare you? Never fun. <laughs> not here. Okay? <laughs>
0: this is the win dojo, not the fun dojo. Okay? <laughs> I, um. I would say, too, Mah- I mean, uh, on that point... I generally, you know, we always say like if you're learning the game, if or if you're if you're with a group of people learning the game, don't steer them away from any faction. Let them, you know, ever let them play to their heart's content. Mohawked is the one faction I genuinely yeah. would give pause to. It's not good for a learning game because they're going to like mislearn a few key components of the game, yeah. and that's probably just not worth it for the first game.
1: If somebody told me that they played Twilight Imperium: Prophecy of Kings Edition one time and they didn't like it. And then I ask them, oh, so what faction did you play as? And they say, I played as the Mahawk and I thought it was a bit much. I would say, that's your fault. <laughs> I would say, actually, you have no idea if you like Twilight Imperium yeah. <laughs> or not. You're going to have to start over from nothing, okay? And then I would hand them a pamphlet for my podcast. Um Let's finish this problem section. Yeah. The last problem, which is not really that big of a deal, there's no solve for this. It's just like, it's just, I wanted to mention it. It's a yep. bummer. Um, the faction tech are bad. The faction unit, the Crimson Legionnaire 1, is mostly bad. Right. It's not as bad. I mean, you just get it, so whatever. Right. Um, and yeah, sure, it gets you some money every once in a while. And yep. everybody in the priorata likes to just <laughs> think forever about how what you could do with this ability <laughs> don't fall for it don't think about it throw them away just don't like, the, the thing about mahawk that i learned is you just gotta lop off pieces of it and just not even look at it i don't care dude if you are watching me stream a game of mahawk and one of my crimson legionnaires dies and i don't take a commodity don't even tell me yeah <laughs> do not Okay, I'm trying to focus yeah. on what matters, and that one don't. Okay, it just doesn't. All right, there we go. Everybody so, gets so one. The, the fix for that last problem is just
0: ignore it. Yeah. Okay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> okay. Well, so then we, we've we've listed our problems. Then uh, I think a lot of the rest of these sections are going to be talking about these things in in how we kind of solve those problems. Um, yeah. So, first and foremost, uh, and, and and just to reassure people, because this is a slightly different order than we've, like, normally talked about things. We will get to strategy cards and, like, early game and stuff. But we're trying, I think we're trying to set up kind of a foundation first before we get into, like, all right, let's talk about specific things that you do on specific turns yeah. and in specific phases. So, let's talk about tech on the front end here. What are we using tech to accomplish?
1: Yeah, so, here, the, here was the big realization for me in watching other people play mahawked because i think when when we did the the first guide like 100 episodes ago mm-hmm. um i think i thought their tech path was very complex i don't even remember what i said and i'm not going to look it up okay <laughs> i just think whatever i was stuck on was too complicated yeah okay it's really simple and you know you're welcome to our show hmm Sp- space cats blue tech <laughs> but it's you just you just get blue tech i'm yeah. sorry yeah. i'm sorry this is not one of those ones yeah. where i can say well because of the faction tech and because of what you start with sure. we're going to do things a little bit differently no this is it's
0: it's very straightforward but within that what we are making room for is there are like little minor divergences right but the Absolutely. point is they're not paths right war sun is the end goal of a path right so then you would have a red tech path Blue yeah. Tech is our path, and it's very easy to find little things along the way, I think, is the idea. So so sticking to the blue tech, you know, foundations is good. Yeah, but I yeah. I do think this is a faction, especially because Biostims, like we're already looking out for tech skip planets, and we like that just to like have more money or whatever. But there are some other uses for tech skips that we can have. So let's break them down by, like, dependent on what skips we have what are we what are we doing uh with our stuff
1: yeah so the first path i want to talk about is just my no skip path uh which this is bad this is actually (laughs) worse than it would be for most factions um be for economic reasons we want to have a, a skip available yeah and uh we would like to even use it in the early game um if if we can we can't always because of tech timing um but so here's here's your no skip path uh it's you know anti mass or DET, hmm. into Grav Drive. And then, look, now we qualify for both Dread 2 or Carrier 2, mm-hmm. which is just the standard fleet. It's, good. it's, good it's just regular old uh, meat and potatoes, Twilight Imperium. That's the thing that I realized about Mahawk. It is straightforward in the tech department. Right. Everything else is not straightforward. Right. Um, supplements that are good for this tech path. Sling Relay is great. We already have BioStims. And we have a single space dock at home with three resources on the planet, so we have a little bit of a production bottleneck. It's not the worst. There's there's definitely worse. Yeah. Um. So I wouldn't say in every single game of Mahawk, you absolutely need another space dock. Okay. I'm not going to say that. Um. If you end up picking up Sling Relay, I feel like we can just we can kind of turn and burn a lot of stuff out of that one dock. Right. uh, And it works fine. Fleet logistics. A lot of interesting uh like ways to incorporate fleet logistics into a late game. Uh, plan with Mahawk. I know yeah. there's a lot of people screaming fleet logistics doesn't combo with the commander. Um, yeah, that's true. But you know what it does combo with? Benediction. Yeah, uh, which is a pretty potent combination
0: be able to do benediction into another right. regular action. It also does combo with the commander just in the in the less interesting way. Like you can yes. do you can do a tactical action and then immediately remove the token. Your second Absolutely. action can be commander. The point is the commander if it's the first action, then you've ended your turn, you can't do fleet logistics. But as long as you just like decide you know it, the whole point is you can't surprise everybody by oh i removed this token move it but guess what hey everybody knew you were going to remove that token anyways your whole fleet is sitting there they knew you were doing yeah. that so it doesn't matter just move the stuff there and then remove the token and it's fine and then you can do it next action absolutely and of course if
1: we qualify for for fleet logistics it means we could also get light wave if we do need that now Mahawk, as compared to most factions is a little less light wave dependent yeah um, we can just bust through <laughs> with many command tokens. Right, that's always an option to just bust on through, to just smash and then continue smashing yeah. until we are at our destination. <laughs> Whereas Lightwave is a little bit like, "Ooh, I sneaked! Right. I sneaked past." We're, we're, we are—we do not have to sneak, but if you're looking to save time and save money, uh, Lightwave will—you know—still be good. I'm yeah. sorry. I'm right. sorry. Yeah. Okay. That's I'm sorry. Blue Tech is good yeah um let's talk about the skips though actually i'm going to talk about red skip first because red skip is our most fun red skip slice helps us get cruiser two round one if all of the little timing things work works out and if we do get uh cruiser two round one we can we have we've got five influence at home yep uh well all we need is a single trade good in order to do custodians round one which ain't bad yeah however I know that a lot of people really, really like the fact that Mahawk can get Custodians Round 1. A lot of people love that. And I just want to say that maybe they're really good and you don't always have to get Custodians Round 1 in order for them to be good. <laughs> right. I'm just
0: saying. <laughs> plastic
1: is good, too. And like honestly, yeah. for Mahawk, I would say the order for me is plastic, yep.
0: tech. And then custodians. So I got to be having a pretty good day to feel like, oh, custodians definitely needs yeah. to happen. I think that's the, the, the big takeaway for me in thinking about Mahawk has been the, the plastic focus. And like the idea that you're talking about this sort of baseline standard cheap blue path of just like get these couple things and then be done with it is especially the idea. Like you said, Hunter, you can just smash through people. So you don't need to overinvest in tech to get light wave. If you just have so much more plastic than everyone, you just fight them over and over again and move through all of their stuff. So it's just like, just actually have the units on the board and you're going to be fine. If you try to get squirrely with tech, I think that's like, what was weird last time it was we were trying to think of goofy things that could happen with Mohawk yeah. in their various interesting tech pads, but none of them are as good as just, I can move my plastic as many times as I want, so that stuff better be as good as I can possibly make it. And there's nothing better plastic-wise than, first off, having the money to dedicate to it, and second, it being dreads and carriers full of fighters. <laughs>
1: yep, yeah. it's true, it's true. Um, I really... I really wanna stress that plastic is a pretty big deal for Mahawk, especially yeah. in the early game when we're economically at our weakest point. Right. Um, so yeah, I, I think that's a good priority window to have. Now I'm not you know, I'm not saying that you didn't have a really awesome game the other day. You did. <laughs> that's awesome. And I believe you. Like I like seriously, it, it does work out for you sometimes, but in the abstract
0: Yeah, and sometimes the know. money works out to like you can get plastic and custodian. You know, like sometimes yeah. you just took yes. trade and everybody gave you money and it's like, yeah, yeah, let's do it all. Why not? And, and so there's mm-hmm. nothing wrong with that, but it's like, if you're stretching yourself thin just to pull off the custodians thing and it's going to like actually destroy your round two. Yeah. Maybe reconsider that idea.
1: Yeah. And look at your neighbors, of course, uh, if you're thinking about custodians. Um, okay. That was enough. I think cold water we put on that. <laughs> um, let's talk about blue skip, which is my favorite Woohoo! blue skip rules. And, and actually, uh, For all of you that want something interesting, uh, if you want a little spice in your tea, if you want some milk and honey in there, let's talk about Blue Skip. Blue Skip allows you to get a gravity drive first. Okay. We're skipping the boring text, we're not getting dark energy trap. Okay. (laughs) Uh, With that Blue Skip, now we already can get to Dread 2 and Carrier 2. Yeah. Guess what we could do? For some fun, we could throw in a little AI dev. Mm -hmm. What does AI dev do? Well, it would allow us to get Space Dock 2. It would allow us to get Crimson Legionnaire 2 if we wanted, if there was some sort of reason to do that. If we were dared. (laughs) If we were dared to do it. Um, Maybe we get a hold of a Red Skip, and with our BioSims, now all of a sudden we are uh, going all the way into War Sun 2. That's all we need now is a Red Skip planet in addition to our Blue Skip. And we throw AI Dev, and it feels like we can kind of go any direction. Right. Okay? We qualify now for pds too. We don't even need to use AI Dev to get it, but whatever. It's It literally kind of just opens up the rest of the world. Right. Now, would I want to get AI Dev without the blue skip? No. I just don't. That's too much tech to tell right. you to get. Right. Uh, but I did try this out uh, for one of my games. I did feel like it was quite potent. I felt like literally... Unit upgrade-wise, I could go whatever
0: direction I felt like uh, at minimal cost to myself. You weren't committing to something. You could just make the choice you needed to make for the round because AI Dev just put everything on your plate, basically. Exactly. Yeah. Um. It, it it made it also worth it because
1: AI Dev is going to save you money. Um, and what this is the thing I love about AI Dev is you get it, uh, and then you're like, okay, I might use this to skip to etc. thing or i might just save my i might might just get my money back you know what i mean like if you already have unit upgrades it's very easy to just be like all right well i my money's my, at least i didn't lose any money in right. investing in ai dev Right. Um, and depending on you know what secret you get what victory objective you end up having to go after it can really uh, it can really save your neck or at least makes yeah. you feel like i can kind of go anywhere with this yeah. i could get weird i could get goofy um Honestly, Space Dock 2 is not the worst idea to throw into a path like this. I mean, you have the one Space Dock. Especially if you're winning, you might want to have Space Dock 2 in order to just, like, really throw everything
0: down on your home system. Yeah. I, I will say what's funny about all this is Blue Skip gives you kind of the most opportunities. It is technically the worst for your bio stims like round one kind of stuff like the blue skip planets Absolutely. are traditionally the lowest of out. you know you got your Vorhaul, you're barely using Vorhaul for anything in, in an early round scenario although it would be i mean i guess it'd be maybe your custodians unlock or whatever but then you're not doing cruiser two it's funny that blue skip is the like the one flip side to that where the other skips are all better economically that you're mostly just using them for the economics and then the blue skip is like well but actually i'm using this one for the tech this time because it's significantly more useful in that regard yeah, but it still makes sense because if I pick up,
1: you know, let's say I have politics and I d- do end up, you know, like like my favorite Mahawk round like start yeah. would not be a red skip start. It right. would actually be a blue skip start where I have politics and I just take custodians at the top of round two like a normal fashion, Right, exactly. <laughs> because in that situation I probably did get enough plastic uh, in order to, you know, like make all Reinforce. of this work and not yeah. feel like I'm so stretched thin, yeah, you know. Yeah. Okay, what are we doing with the yellow skip? Yellow skip is fun. We basically do the same uh, tech that I've been describing, this kind of blue path. Um, but our supplements are a little more interesting. We can get transit diodes uh, and throw that into this path. Transit diodes is very useful because Star Lancer is very useful. So being yep. able to move our mech to whatever planet that we so desire mm-hmm. at uh, you know every single round is absolutely worthwhile. And also, technically, it's something we could stems if we got into a real desperate situation and we need to move them again for some weird reason right and then green skip (laughs) no um green skip no uh just go blue as if you don't have any skips and hope that green skip is giving you enough economic bonus uh to be worthwhile uh i think having bio stems bio stems by the way i think is actually the best green tech you could start with right um and the rest of the green tech, if you have biosims, makes no sense to me.
0: Yep. So, yeah. Oh, yeah. You're literally stepping on your own toes to do anything with it. You could green skip to hyper, but honestly, you don't even have a command counter problem. So like, don't. Yeah. Just go. Just start working on that blue tech path. It's going to do more for you in the late game it's than true. the it's three true. extra command tokens you'll have earned throughout the game. Okay. So tech tech feels laid down, especially in this case, very simple blue stuff. Uh, we want to talk a little bit about sort of the economics of this faction. We used to have sort of like a trade slash meta section, but we're sort of just wrapping that up into we'll talk trading, but we'll also talk about just like other money, economics, other needs, other stuff that we need. So let's talk first about kind of trading uh, in this economics section.
1: Yeah, so first we're going to start with uh, a a little part I want to call, what are we selling? (laughs) Um, uh, Because it's a, you know, it's a we got Resident Evil 4 remake coming out, uh, (laughs) so that feels like a joke that's funny again. Um, So with the agent, that's something we can sell. That's something that people like to talk about selling all the time. It's mm-hmm. a complicated sell. Um, Zippelin yeah. uh, was uh, hanging out in our priorata, uh and likes to specifically mention that if you're going to sell the agent, you need to talk about it in the strategy phase yeah. because you need to give the other players a heads up that they will get access to your agent, meaning that they will get to double move somewhere. They yeah. will get to remove one of their command uh, counters and basically do you know, kind of a bad version of the Warfare primary. Actually, it's a good version because yeah. you didn't even have to take Warfare, so never mind. It's the best version <laughs> of the rules. Warfare yeah. primary. Yeah, but it's complicated, and you can't really just sell it to someone like all willy-nilly, like without really thinking about it, unless you see an opportunity where you're like, hey, if I use my agent on yeah. you, blah, 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 right there. But it's very, it's also timing dependent. They have to play their strategy card at like the right moment in order for it to work out well for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you got to come to market, and to be honest... I've kind of cooled on the idea of really thinking about selling this agent. Mm-hmm. Um, I think you kind of burn your brain a little bit thinking about all the aspects of trying to get it sold. I'm also unsure of what is even a good price for it. A yeah. lot of the time, what you're allowing someone to do is pretty much insane. Yeah. It will probably help them literally score a point. Yeah. So A lot of people, I would say, you know, I, I kind of think of it for most of the time when I'm playing Mahawk is just like, you know, it's cool that I have this command token advantage. I will continue to use that. I will try and use it in a way that is not beneficial to yeah. the other players. I will remove that. You know, Here's this token you have over this one destroyer. I will remove yeah, that. Right. Thank you. <laughs> Who cares? You'll get no <laughs> use out of that from me, sir. Um, so I try and work it that way, and then you know, if I'm playing with somebody like Joel Nar or yeah, like Hakon, yeah. someone that can afford to actually compensate me for this gift, yeah. this wonderful gift. Then sure, I'll 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 try and play ball. I'll I'll try and figure out if there's some sort of deal we can work out. Yeah. Um, but but to also
0: to your to your point above, those are two factions. It's like, do they need the boat floating that much? Do, they like, need do the help? hakan yeah. and Joel Nar need that help? I don't know. Well, I just know that they can afford to yeah, afford exactly. for me to float alongside. Right. Is what I'm saying. You charge so, yeah, them the the pr- the actual requisite amount, whereas the other factions yeah. are never paying you enough for what it's worth. Whereas Hakan, it's like, oh, you'll actually give me six bucks for this, maybe, because you, it costs you that much, but it's no no skin off your back or whatever. Right. Right. Um, the second component we can talk about selling, which we've already talked about
1: a little bit, is the promissory note. Um, it's similar to the agent in that we really gotta pedal it. Yeah. It's not going to sell itself. We really got to work on it. Um see the opening, see the moment where it yeah. you know, it's probably best sold in the agenda phase. Exactly. End of the agenda phase. Where you can point at the map and say, "Hey, you buy this from me right now, I will you'll you'll get to activate this yeah. and so and so won't be able to activate you." Sure. Look for that. Look for that sell. And to be honest, with that sell, I'm a cheap date i don't care um it's i'm probably just going to give it away for for quite cheap unless obviously i unless it's preventing me from activating a place i want to in which case i'm not selling it but you know it's 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 there a lot of the times again it's similar to the agent a lot of the times it's not going to be worth thinking about just don't waste a lot of brain power
0: on it you know you got other brain power to dedicate to very complicated maneuvers
1: (laughs) yeah Um, And then the other thing, you know, we're a three commodity faction. That's worth reiterating here. We're not, you know, we're not making big bucks every round. Um, We're gonna take that X minus one. We're gonna get two trade goods, and we'll be happy about it. You know what I mean? Right. Uh, Hopefully no one ever makes you do an X minus two. That that would be messed up. I probably
0: would just try and not do that. Yeah. There's also the silliness of you know not in round one but in some of your later rounds you might have crimson legionnaire stuff end up with the weird bonus commodities so you have to think about trade timing versus like what's already on like sometimes you got to do that funky thing where you get deals done right before trade actually pops just so you're not killing commodities
1: let's talk about what are we
0: buying what are you buying Um, so
1: this is just uh just some vague ideas Uh, this is not gonna be all-encompassing of all the different things that that you would want to buy. Yeah. Uh, but as Mahawk, uh, like everyone else, we're going to want cash, uh, try and get them trade goods. Yep. Uh, we specifically need at least one trade good most of the time uh, in order to make it so that we can spend our home system on two command counters. Right. Uh, which is the, you know, ideal situation there because we have five influence. We don't have six. We'd like to have six, right? Right. Um, research agreement for agent... Uh, is, I think, a really good deal and probably the most common agent deal I'm down to do outside of one other that is, you know, more obvious. (laughs) Um, But I also don't know for sure that Jolnar always takes it, though. There's a lot of situations where Jolnar doesn't really care about like that they, they end up following warfare and they have enough infantry sure. and they're not you know they're not sometimes the timing is it. weird
0: though cuz they do just start with two infantry so like sometimes you can squeeze it in there right there, it's it yeah. is at times possible cuz the money's not going to line up for them in a cleaner way so might as well move my two infantry and then move them again or whatever yeah yeah exactly um so that feels like a natural deal to me Uh,
1: there's, we should talk about the Isaurl agent swap. Um, this is where you're playing in a game, uh, with Asarl, meaning you can use your agent on Asarl, Asarl can use their agent on you. This is, uh, you know, really good. There's, like, no downsides. (laughs) If you are Asarl and you don't want to do this, that's on you. I don't know what your problem is. You should be saying yes to this. This is the best deal in town. I would argue that it's, they're both factions that kind of have, like, the same issue yeah. of, like, great, powerful faction. Kind of a weird start. Uh-huh. A little bit goofy on the start. Right. And this just completely fixes it for you. I mean, yep. you want to play in a game yep. with a Asarl. Absolutely.
0: Yeah, on that note, Stads had a really fun pre-erada. This is very sort of heady. This is, like, broader stuff. It's not really a specific strategy. But Stads had some random thoughts about Uh, and Asaro, and you know, we've all heard that Mahoct and Asaro are great together because they can use their agents on each other, but I wonder if there's a deeper reason they work well together as factions. Mahoct seems to really thrive in a chaotic game where there's lots of warring, conflict, and violence. Not only does this rocket up the price of their agent and promissory, but it also makes it easier for them to pick up tokens and gives them room to develop their slightly awkward tech path which maybe we're arguing is not that awkward, but I don't, I don't think be, it's it, that awkward yeah. now. Anyways, plus, while Mahawk isn't poor per se, it's also by no means a rich faction and will generally do better if everyone else is poorer and having a bad day. On the flip side, if you're playing against Mahawk, keeping the table calm and harmonious will take a lot of the sting out of the gene sorcerers. Risaral is the exact opposite. They thrive in a quiet, boat floating game with minimal violence. While Risaral can fight if push comes to shove, they'll run out of combat action cards real quick in a protracted war and turn back into a pumpkin. But a calmer game where Asarl can build up a perfectly curated hand of 20 action cards, meiji on everyone to have tons of information and get past their production problems, they'll hit their curve and have a great chance at winning in the endgames. So if both Asarl and Mahawk are in-game and scratching each other's back, the rest of the table is a bit stuck. If they speed up the game's tempo with more cooperative play, they'll make a monster out of Asarl. But if they start slinging mud around, Mahawk will become a monster. I imagine it can be quite a predicament. <laughs> yeah. So absolutely buy into that you know take take
1: control of the table and decide what the tempo will be yeah um, my
0: friends you know just just destroy your buddies yeah uh, all up and down the street I've seen um, some chatter about what to do with uh, commander stuff and and how quickly we care about rushing for that so I'm interested in hunter how willing you are to wheel and deal with people to get that commander unlocked as fast as possible I don't care
1: about getting it unlocked before round three, mm. and all of the games that I've played, I feel like it's just been a very easy, breezy, <laughs> alright, I'll pick up the two right now, yeah. as long as you're willing to wait for round three. right? Round one and two, you probably don't even really have gas in the tank in order to do it. Right. Um, and to be honest, I can't even really think of that many commanders that are so good that I need to have them before round three. Yeah. Um, so, that aspect of it I don't really care about. I don't think you're getting two um in like round one or two. Right. So you're not actually unlocking your commander. Um I I feel like the only the only way I would think, oh, I need to wheel and deal in order to get uh, this commander unlocked is if it's one that first of all is not gonna be easy for me to get, but also it like I could kind of build a strategy around it. Mm-hmm. Like uh maybe a Gom Secus. Like if there's specifically right. something I can do here that w- is particularly nasty, yeah. but only if I have Gomsekus, um, maybe I would deal with the Sardak in order to kind of like rig it to make yeah. it happen.
0: But all that's even predicated on like how quickly are these other players unlocking their own... Com- like you only have the commander in the state that it is in. So it's right. like, what does this matter anyway? You know, a Sardak, yeah, this plan sounds great, but also if Sardak's having an awkward game, then it's the plan doesn't matter anyways because they might not unlock Gomsecus till round three. So yeah, they're, right. t- to me, it seems like the kind of thing where everyone's just getting settled round one or two sometimes you have chaotic games but Mahawks doesn't need to be like flexing heat that early round three no. you start pushing into other people's stuff and you will like you're saying you'll just naturally get tokens like you'll just need to go it might not even be like under bad terms it might be one of those like hey can I take this planet from you blah 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 we're working at a deal hey if you just leave an infantry there I'll just get my token and then I don't have to come actually fight you for it like there will be completely harmonious ways that are a mm-hmm. part of your natural progression that allow you to get this thing unlocked before you actually have any need for it anyways yeah it's not necro
1: we don't actually have to kill anything we right. just need to win the combat right So, i mean if you just pick off someone's destroyer or even just let them retreat, retreat. then whatever yep. you did it good job <laughs> um you know if i don't have the plastic available uh and i send like a cruiser at a destroyer i would maybe give a trade good in order to get the retreat locked down you know um, so that I can ensure that that destroyer doesn't get any ideas, you know, right, right. Um, but that's that's about as far as I go, as far as trading for the commander or for other co- like yeah. uh, having that edict uh, access.
0: Well, and furthermore, what do you need this commander ability? Like, isn't this commander ability sort of like a hand of a sorrow action cards where it's like save them puppies for the last round yep. and do maximum damage? It's like I you you almost don't need this commander unlocked until round five anyways i mean there's sometimes uses in round four there's little things that can come up but it is not like a necessity until round five
1: there can definitely be some weird uh control objectives that could come out on you know and then in round three you make some sort of late round three play yeah uh for like a a a planet that no one figured you were actually going to get but hey guess what i already have it unlocked let's go right um kind of deal that definitely comes up um but yeah by and large you're not overly relying on the commander until we get to the late game yeah um let's talk about as far as economy stuff i just want to reiterate we sort of already said this in other sections but um we really want to focus on bio stems fixing our economic problems yeah um and that's kind of critical for i would say round two and round three um, we want to be in a slice where there is some sort of good target for it. So, you know, sometimes that means that maybe that target is in the equidistant and your buddy already took it and you have to kind of say like, you know what, actually I kind of need this, uh, (laughs) and you can't really do anything about it. So let's maybe let's deal, but you just kind of say it up in, uh, you know, with air quotes, kind of ambiguous. I I played this game with Rwise the other day where Rwise was just like, let's make an ambiguous deal later. And that was just like normal to Rwise wise to do that. And uh, so we just kind of did that all game. I would just be like, yeah, you know what? Let's do this right now. I'm going to get something. And in, th- in the future, ambiguous deal. Like ambiguous deal, open-ended. Ambiguous open-ended deal. You just figure it out later. It goes beyond, beyond a non-binding deal
0: because you haven't even decided what is non-binding yeah. about the deal. There just yeah. is a scratch back.
1: Let's, let's, let's lock this in, but not... But where we know what it is let's just get it on paper but what is it yeah. oh i
0: don't know and I it don't works know. it works in the inverse too because you can be you can feel betrayed about anything later if if arwise oh, does absolutely. anything even slightly mean to you later it's like wait you said you were going to be nice to me at some point and now you're being mean <laughs> well yeah and and i had to adjust
1: to that play style because originally it actually caught me very off guard <laughs> um, i always get like very annoyed when I misunderstand what someone's saying or, yeah, or yeah. I think we have a deal, but actually it has a completely different context to it. Right. Um, so yeah, I like completely did not get it at first and then had to, yeah, sync up with it. <laughs> um, and, uh, last thing to note with, uh, economics before we move on to strategy cards, round one, uh, is exploration. Uh, I really love the situation where you get ex get planets with attachments on them. So, yeah you know hopefully you find those yourself but also if you don't yourself maybe look at your buddy's slice maybe right. they got one <laughs> with some stuff on it maybe you want to get that because yeah. it it adds up really fast you'd be right. surprised by how quickly like just using someone else's planets twice in a row actually
0: improves your economy yeah. like a lot a lot it is worth it not that it's worth getting scanlink for though you're not you're not mm-hmm. really going that far but there is the clever thing of your buddy has big lore you can take big lore and in the same moment refresh big lore because BioStims is at the end of the turn you took big lore and then you get to use it next turn or whatever. Um, So, yeah, I I agree. It's it's less about get the tech skips and more about keep an eye on where those tech skips ended up.
1: (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I would say this. Like, if I had to pick up... The problem is when do you commit to scan link? Sure. A lot of the factions that I like to say, oh, you could throw in a scan link... Uh, it's because late game, I can kind of see it. Yeah. Whereas late game, I feel like a Mahawk's late game is kind of more focused on uh, cruising and bruising. Right. And less like, oh, let's just pick up a few more little treats here and there to kind of help us get across the finish line. Right. Um, but I would maybe put ScanLink as some sort of mid-tier tech. Mm-hmm. to possibly be considered but not you know fully devoted to in,
0: in one of those ones where like the agenda phase texts are coming out you know we're we're, we're sort of spilling texts out of the out of the canister yeah. then may, maybe absolutely so. maybe it's an extra absolutely tech. okay let's get into to the meat of it then we've talked broadly about a lot of things but it's time to get specific about good actions you can take as a healthy mahawk player let's talk round one and what we like to see in terms of strategy cards. Running through the list, how do we feel about leadership? Well,
1: leadership is kind of interesting because its I, I feel like it's kind of a late-in-the-order um, pick, um, and we happen to be a bit of a Diplo friend. We mm-hmm. kind of are are ones that like the Diplo. Um, we have an awkward home system for that first round. Uh, we want money, however we can get it. I don't care what happens. to I don't even care if I give away custodians as Mahak. Mahak, I have no problem coming into the first round and being like... Well, hey, maybe I'll have to do a stage two. Yeah. We'll get to the we'll get to the victory points part. Uh, we're pretty good at stage twos. I don't know. I, I don't mind gunning for that kind of tempo from right. the beginning of the game. So I do not care what happens. I just want Diplo to be in the mix. Yeah. Does that mean I have to take it myself? No. But I will if I have to, and that means I will take it over leadership. Now, if I'm certain that Diplo is being picked and I'm like fifth pick. And leadership is available to me over something you know trade has been picked technology has been picked yeah blah 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 yada yada
0: uh yeah sure i'll take I'll take leadership over like something like construction right. yeah I feel like mahawk is sort of defined by this nature of their agent makes so many strategy card conversations weirder for them so where we're going to get into this more but a bunch of these strategy cards because you just said it in both leadership and sort of diplo at the same time which is like you could take it or you could hope somebody else takes it and i feel like that's like really standard for them and where there's only like two strategy cards they like to have specifically in their hand and everything else is like i don't know we'll make it work somehow
1: (laughs) yeah it's true you have a lot of versatility as mahawk but you're least versatile at the beginning of the game right um and and I realize some people might be listening to me thinking like, "Oh no, no! I mean, leadership's good. Yeah. To- tokens are always good, but you have to remember we start ahead yep. on tokens. Every single game we have three in tactics, two yep. in strategy, but then uh oh, we got another one on right.
0: our agent. Yeah, right. like in the situation you're talking about, like we are the only faction where diplo tech." and warfare can all three get taken and as long as the timings aren't stupid we can just do all three there's no thought to it at all we do three secondaries if we want to Ooh, sounds like christmas in here buddy um (laughs) let's do it
1: uh okay let's talk about the next uh card which of course is diplo i just said me likey. Yeah, Uh it's good. Do I want to take it? No. Do I maybe have to take it? Yes. That's <laughs> fine. I'm not upset about it. Yeah. It's okay. I'll save even more tokens if I take it. You know right, what I mean? Right. Now I'm just worried about doing secondary warfare, secondary attack. Um, Maybe I use the agent to follow politics. Probably not. I probably use the agent to follow tech or warfare. And then right. guess what? I have an extra token going yeah. into the future. That sounds just dandy. Yep. Um, We want those resources. We want uh and, and you know what you know what would be awesome is if we had a, a like i don't know a cohen joel we use diplo on it yeah uh we spend we, we get tokens and we have resources to do tech yeah. we've got everything that's what i want i just want everything i don't even care about custodians leave custodians take whoever <laughs> takes custodians takes custodians i just want tech and lots of plastic
0: round one yeah sounds fantastic to me yeah you mentioned earlier some talk about politics uh, almost specifically in a blue skip got gravity drive now it's going to be okay world is that the sort of only situation where you like politics
1: yeah i think like gravity drive cruiser 2 um or like for some reason we just get close to or i don't know we got a flank speed or something yeah um or i guess you wouldn't know that yet, huh would you (laughs) um I, I, I think a politics take round one for Mahawk is it's a little bit strange because I have to feel pretty confident that I'm going to have a shot at Custodians. Yeah. Uh, but in a world where I have a shot at Custodians is a world where maybe like too many other people have a shot and it just happens round one anyway. So yeah. I would hate to take politics and then kind of be left with diddly squat. So I'm kind of getting to a point where I don't really like ma- Mahawk with politics. There's too many reasons it could maybe
0: not go good for you. Yeah. And me no like you that. Yeah, I had a game recently that wasn't a Mahawk thing, but it was a game I was commentating. And politics went to like sixth pick. And I guess like that's the world where it makes sense. It's like, well, there's everything else is gone. <laughs> I, might, I yeah. guess, might as well sit here and fix my round two, I guess. But that's so rare that, you know, that's not really what we're talking about. Okay, uh, well, so I I notice an issue. Every time we say me likey de Diplo, we have an issue with deconstruction. construction. So yeah. uh, how do you feel? <laughs>
1: yeah we're just kind of like i i just feel like we're not doing bad enough Mm -hmm. uh with our production capacity at home uh for construction to be warranted yeah Uh, obviously structure objective could come out yeah uh, and and obviously take it of course obviously 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 obviously, and you have that
0: weird goofy benefit although that's again it's a secondary thing when construction is when when construction happens you can like get yours unlocked but like especially around one that's not a consideration because the only place you're putting that space dock is somewhere that's going to be locked down anyways so yeah i i, I don't diplo seems about infinitely better than <laughs> construction like <Yeah>. here <laughs> yeah i definitely
1: i definitely think i would take diplo before um trade is our next one trades the best yeah trade's always the best right but it's definitely the best for mahawk um and it can open you up to so many beautiful little christmas land experiences mm-hmm. it's stable you take trade and you're like this is gonna go well but it might go amazing <laughs> but it's at least gonna go well yeah. there's no way it's gonna go bad right um and i love that aspect of trade we do have a trade ship we have a cruiser so there's no weirdness here sure uh, there's nothing really to figure out we just you know we just play it straightforward uh we're probably gonna get tech and plastic
0: in this scenario and right I like that trade is also ignoring the trade ship. Trade can also be the guaranteed trade good to then take custodians. If it's comfortable and trade is the extra money to protect your plastic behind. You still build plastic and you took custodians. You did it all. You just like had a lot of money. That's the world where you get people to send plastic maybe towards you. That's the trickier part of that strategy. But like, yeah, trade seems like the way you do literally anything you want to do.
1: Yeah. Um, Next is warfare uh it can set you up for custodians round one and in, mm-hmm. in some weird cases um so i don't want to discount that yeah but overall i don't know i mean i never really like warfare so it feels weird every week that we do one of these episodes and i'm like Warfare's bad sure um because it's just like i i don't know i always say that uh for
0: so it's bad for every faction well then why do people take it i don't know <laughs> <laughs> okay, I do not know. Well, uh, the the thing you're talking about setting up for custodians round one, it's the blue skip setup for custodians round one, right? You blue skip, yeah. you get that back, you get carrier two, you've moved out, you lift the token, and then that carrier or dread, the dread could be what takes you to mechatol, and then your carrier is there to fill out the rest of your slice. Sure. It's a very comfortable way. It's if anything less awkward than the cruiser two. I always think about the cruiser two solution for custodians when I'm like commentating Mahawk game, and then I completely forget that the blue skip is almost better it's almost definitively better drive is is
1: gonna go further yeah uh but yeah you're you're gonna need the warfare thing for that so i don't know yeah uh last is tech um i i feel like the one thing that that is really frustrating about mahawk is like sometimes the tech timing can be not so good for you and i hate that feeling of starting a mahawk game and being like okay i better go to my tech skip planet and then uh, refresh it, and I'm like, oh yeah. no, but then I don't have enough money for tech if it pops, but right. I have the planet. I, I, I don't know what to do. Yeah. Um. I, I hate that feeling. Uh, so you are a little bit scared of tech timing, and guess what? You won't be if you're the one that has it. Also, yeah. saves you four resources. I don't know. I guess that's okay. It seems I, like probably not as good as trade, but still pretty right. good.
0: Yeah, it's a great second pick. I, I think the biggest thing is that saving of four bucks is actually great, because again you're a three commodity faction you're 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 maybe getting money right like your your commodities have the potential to get refreshed kind of in any situation and controlling that tech window and saving the four bucks because the four bucks is really awkward for you otherwise right like with our normal home system we're not guaranteed to do the secondary attack. If we, if the timing is awkward, we're not just talking about like the timing is awkward because uh, we moved our stuff out first. It's like the timing can be awkward because literally if it like pops second action, we, we probably don't even have the money for it, period. So yeah. having tech in our hands means we are guaranteed using our five influence at home on leadership instead or whatever, or, I mean, maybe not guaranteed, you know, sometimes that still just desperately needs to be plastic, but yeah i think that timing thing is actually a a pretty big deal which is why it is like first pick took trade your second pick tech why not just do it it's it's a it's a great obvious thing to just sort of make your round one comfortable right right
1: um and then imperial uh will just continue and and say no (laughs) uh not 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 gonna make an argument for it today we keep leaving it we leave
0: it in the script
1: yeah it's there as if it
0: exists but it's never going to (laughs) someday someday Uh, I just finished a four-month-long Alliance Async game where I'm pretty sure I was the one with Imperial round one, and it did end up being a game where I, as Nomad, got four bonus points. Four Mechatol points is what I got within the first three rounds. And I'll tell you this much, that does not mean you win. In fact, Rwise and I were the team. Funny, Rwise gets two mentions of this episode. Rwise and I, going into what could have been a final round, were the only Alliance that absolutely had no chance of winning despite me having four bonus points everyone else was on better terms so let that be a lesson to you never imperial not even once (laughs) i love that i love that um okay next
1: thing we want to talk about let's get into the mid game let's get into the nitty gritty the high level stuff
0: beginners go leave get out of here well, well actually but this is maybe useful information uh, for i mean you might all want right to beginners
1: this. come back in okay
0: get back in here all right i hope you
1: didn't i hope you didn't take me too seriously when i said that because otherwise you wouldn't have heard me say to get back in here all right um we're gonna talk about some mid-game stuff we're gonna talk about positioning mm. uh, which is one of our new
0: segments it's a little bit It's a little unclear what positioning means. The mid game is pretty unclear, so let's 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 lead with that. The mid game and the late game sections of these guides has always been I don't know. We sort of just mean it, you know. When we say mid game, we're just kind of like it's like the mid game. We're just talking about the mid game, man. I don't know. Right. You know that part that's like after the
1: beginning but before (laughs) like it's over. Yeah. That part. Yeah, yeah, Um, yeah. You know that part. It's like three to six hours um (laughs) it's like it's like no hunter it's like five to nine hours in most yeah you're right the mid game is the whole thing we are in tournament season right now (laughs) um so we have already talked about how round three when we want to unlock that commander and i want to say it again i mean it let's let's unlock that commander okay (laughs) let's get it unlocked um and if we're going to unlock it that means we need you know some stronger ships on our borders uh near uh, especially ships that are used by other factions to do DET. Those are, like, ideal. You know, to be honest, a lot of times I don't end up getting DET because I, like, want to encourage others yeah. to come get the frontier tokens near my right. systems, and uh, therefore it's just super easy to unlock that commander, which is great. Mm-hmm. Um, make sure that you don't get obsessed with thinking about Benediction through the mid-game, and then forget to, like, do uh, the normal stuff uh, I guarantee you, you will not know exactly what you should use benediction on. <laughs> you just won't. Yeah, You just do yeah. not.
0: We're not using benediction as some big 4D chess thing where we think about exactly where the best place for all of our ships is going to be. And we're watching their ships to get in exactly the right place. Benediction is the thing where you're suddenly like, huh, wait, those two fleets are next to each other. I got yeah. nothing else to do this turn. Mm, yeah and and that's it you just off to the races (laughs) yeah
1: i mean i think you can imagine like i don't think i've had a single game with mahawk where i have like clicked into exactly what i wanted to benedict yeah uh and then just like did it it it, you consider so many different game plans right um and just i would just say i'm not trying to be super fancy here uh wait till you see that stage two wait till you get to round five Mm -hmm. to decide like What is the best use case for benediction? What's so good about it? And we'll get to it whenever we start talking about wind slaying is it can be used negatively and it can be used positively. It has two different charges. It's everything. It's it's everything. It's everything all at once. It's Uh, positively charged. It's negatively charged. Okay. (laughs) It's got it. It's got it. Um, And the other thing about positioning I want to say is make sure you lock down some movement solutions now what do we mean by movement solutions well in the tech part remember when i said blue like i always do like (laughs) we always do here said blue uh maybe if you don't do that for some reason let's say your your opponents won't take tech i had a game recently where my opponents wouldn't take tech Uh, oh well what do i do uh i think that mahawk could just try to stack command tokens yeah Get super like shut everything down we're not so no more no more spending all willy-nilly right i want a giant stack of tokens so that if for some reason i have to move all the way across the map with my one movement fleet yeah well maybe i can sort of do it right okay be prepared to have to do that um because a lot of the time that's kind of how it works with mahawk is like you sort of have infinite possibilities if you have infinite command tokens so you don't have infinite command tokens, you have sixteen. So right. try to get as many of those out of your bag as possible.
0: I compare this in my mind to Hakan. Hakan is sort of like an opposite of Mahawk to me, which is to say Hakan is just swimming in cash and you just like end up with like just so much plastic, and then you're just sort of like, I'll I can kind of just like do whatever with this, but actually my whole strategy is just predicated on quantum data hub node anyways. Like whatever's gonna happen, yeah. it's gonna happen with that. Whereas Mahawk is like I don't have the solutions innately in me, but if I can get the money, if I can become the economic powerhouse, I can achieve anything. Like I can, I can put my mind anything. I do not have the benefits, but I can use them for anything. Whereas Hakana is like, I have all the benefits and I do not know what to do with it. There's no, there's no use for any of this plastic to go anywhere. Whereas Mahak is like, I will make my destiny.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Yeah, I I would say like Hakan is like a like a sports car, like a Lamborghini, <laughs> and Mahakd is kind of built Ford tough. You know what I mean? Like it's a big truck. It's it's got diesel. You know, and the thing about diesel is it it, it chugs. So you uh-huh. gotta have a lot of diesel. You know, it's a big engine and it chews up. The, it chews up the uh-huh, gas. Okay, uh-huh. it Choosing chews it munch on munchie. up. It chews it. It munches it on
0: down. Okay? That's why the Mohawks look like cars. They just look yeah. like tough cars. They kind of just <laughs> look like
1: a, like a pool of gasoline with a face. <laughs> is kind of what they look like. Um, all right, let's talk about agendas. Oh. Okay, we don't, we never make time to talk about agendas. Let's start talking about agendas. We looked through the entire agenda deck, Whoa. and we 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 threw out a couple special notifications for the mahach so the first three i want to talk about i'm gonna talk about three in a row okay keep up with me here (sighs) i want to talk about fleet regulations i want to want to talk about armed forces standardization and i want to want to talk about clandestine operations for free i'm gonna i'm we're not gonna read them out in total okay fleet regulations is the one where it limits your fleet pool down to four right yep um armed forces and and i mean that outcome of it i'm not talking about every outcome of these sure um armed forces standardization is the elect player where you kind of go down to, go to three. uh three three two as yep. far as your command tokens like at the beginning of the game uh, which obviously that only matters if mahawk is losing command tokens not gaining if you're gaining them then whatever we don't have anything to talk about right and then clandestine operations which is the one where you have to take two command tokens off your sheet or one out of your fleet pool uh and that's either way if it's for or against it's going to be relevant to this because fleet pool agendas are kind of no good for us. We don't really like them. We don't want to have limits on our ability to do Edict and Imperia, uh, and we definitely don't want to lose stuff uh, because we've got predictive already to kind of shift things around, and anytime we lose tokens, that's diesel that we ain't got in the truck tank no more, (laughs) okay? And I also have a relevant errata that I want to read, and I actually think this one, as opposed to some of the other errata, is this is... If this isn't going to come up that often just when these agendas are in play, yeah. but I actually found myself like kind of confused by this. So here's the question. If you're the Mahawk player, what happens when an agenda tells you to remove one of your command tokens from your fleet pool and return it to your reinforcements? But you only have tokens from other players yep. in your fleet pool. Well, the answer is, of course, you're required to remove the other player's tokens and return it to their player reinforcements. Yep. Okay, fine. That's pretty straightforward. But what about if Fleet Regulations is in play and Mohawk already has four tokens in Fleet, can they add another one and discard their old one via Edict or can they not add one after <laughs> a combat win because of the cannot in Fleet Regulations? And of course, the answer is the Mahawk player can add a fifth token and choose to return one of their reinforcements from their Fleet Pool afterwards. So you can cycle. Uh, they can cycle them out. Okay. Yes. You're adding a fifth and then removing so that you go back down to four um that's how they handle it it makes sense yep. Fleet regulations is still bad i want to clarify that it's right. still bad but it's not game ending as you know you could maybe read it to be from right. the
0: beginning you're not trapped in it or whatever yeah all of these are just awkward because uh i do think sort of the prevailing advice is get your own tokens out of there if anything your own tokens being in your fleet pool are still not that your promissory note is very good your tokens in your fleet pool are making that thing worse because if you don't have tokens in your fleet pool, then you are not affected by your own promissory note and you can definitely give it away to anybody willy-nilly and let them use the power to, to thwart other players. But it's uncomfortable when you're also thwarting yourself because your tokens are in your fleet pool and thus affected by your promissory note. That's like a tiny consideration, but it, I, I do think you, every Mahawk game I see, the players at some point try to get all of their tokens out of fleet pool and are reliant on their opponent's fleet pool.
1: Yeah. The other thing, though, is, like, you know, you, you start with predictive. You'll always have that. So if you do leave some in your fleet pool, you can get them yeah. out pretty easily. I don't know. I, I find that I'm kind of moving my tokens around on my sheet all the time yeah. as Mahawked, basically. Yeah, well,
0: especially if you're gearing up for an end game thing where you know your mech is going to come into play. You know Star Lancers are going to factor. Right. You need, it's sort of like the fires of the Gashly thing of like, I got a plan for an extra fleet supply because I know I'm going to lose one in the process of these requisite things. Um, right. Let's talk about some other nasty agendas. I think the obvious one on the topic of Star Lancers, Articles of War is the one where if it goes for, you can lose your mech's printed abilities and this is about the worst mech in the game for that to happen to.
1: Yeah uh hate it i don't want to see this one uh really bad we do not want to lose a star lancer it is a key for locking up a win yeah now what's funny about star lancer is if it's if you're not locking up a win it's basically irrelevant Mm -hmm. but uh i mean or just very conditionally uh relevant which is why i say you know i never
0: want to see articles of war because i want to plan to win every game okay Uh next up is a really goofy one, but we were we Hunter and I together were talking about whether or not Minister of War is like especially relevant to a Mahawk game. And yeah. Hunter, you came up with what you believe is the prevailing strategy for <laughs> Minister of War. <laughs> Hit
1: me well, with it. <laughs> so, so Minister of War allows a player to, you know, they activate a system and then they they play Minister of War and they like remove the token and they yeah. get to take another action. Right. So they get to activate twice. Uh, i feel like if i'm a Hawk, i maybe would argue although I, I don't think i would be successful in arguing it but i just <laughs> want to throw it out there as an idea in a game maybe sometime if you're playing as Mahawked, you could say something like hey so i can already do this sort of but like slower so just give it to me because you already had to worry about me right. do, sort of doing this yeah so now it won't really be that different yep. and uh when you do that uh let me know how it goes <laughs>
0: this is what a stupid game we play where these are the kinds of negotiations we have to have like listen it's not that bad if you just give it to me just just do it just do it okay shut up yeah yeah i I don't think there's any like it doesn't boost mahawk in any meaningful way and it just means they have less people to worry about uh the last one that's just a, t- a minor mention, but it's colonial redistribution and swords to plowshares. These are the agendas that make you lose infantry on a planet, mm-hmm. and it's important to note that those do say destroy. You destroy infantry, and yeah. when Mohawk destroys infantry, that's money. So yeah. you love you love these agendas because everyone always loves the agendas because they give money. But guess what? You're earning. You-, you got time and a half pay on <laughs> these yeah. two. <laughs>
1: yeah, yeah, it's pretty cool. Uh, swords to plowshares, in particular. Uh, can cause you to uh, make a lot of money. Yeah. Uh, crazy money's good. We like money. We need it for getting every single one of our tokens out of our bag and keeping them there yeah. forever for yeah. the entire game. <laughs> um, so, yeah, there you go. Those are the agendas. That's all we came up with as far as special Mahawk considerations. If you want uh, more general agenda stuff, well, we've done that. Go yeah. check out that episode. It was pretty good. We read through <laughs> every single thing in the deck, okay? Yeah. <laughs> we probably mentioned... Maybe we even mentioned what we just said. Yeah, that's what I don't it's, even
0: understand how the show works. Sometimes. I never know anything we've said. Uh, it's time for late game stuff. In the late game, we are here to focus on objectives. So we haven't talked explicitly about like what are the objectives. Mahout is good and bad at. So what do we like to see and what gives us trouble? I think we're really good with
1: control objectives, mm-hmm. especially in the later part of the game. In the early part of the game, we're not so great at it. Um, but we just have so much flexibility because of the commander to like just kind of be like, you know what, actually, I'm going to go get this one. Yeah. Uh, or, you know, we kind of stall around, everybody, our neighbor passes, and we're like, you know, this, I activated this over here. Uh, I think, I think I'm going to go here now mm-hmm. and I'm going to have that. And that's actually my last industrial. So <laughs> there you go. Um, you can kind of do that. You can also, you can always negotiate. You could always, you know, do a trade. But to be honest, you can even use your abilities as leverage and sort of say, like, Hey, so I want to score this control objective. How do maybe you do a different objective? Uh-huh. Like maybe you do your tech objective you have already qualified for. Um, and maybe you let me do this and it's not a big deal because I could just do this anyways. Yep. So how about that? Yeah. How about I'm giving I'm trying to be nice about it, blah, 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 yada, yada, <laughs> that kind of thing. Yeah. You know that kind of dirty Twilight Imperium stuff right. that we do like to do. Um what's cool though is you could also use your agent to help uh like essentially someone else score a control objective in exchange for you scoring one now or something like that right um so i do like that actually one thing that uh i think is kind of the main point here for control objectives is you could help someone else score one that you can't yet in the early game before you even have your commander right and then in round two you just sort of
0: ask them to leave something behind so you can get an easy edict out of it. And uh, we're about to talk about economic objectives. I do think it's a clever way to afford economic objectives you otherwise may have had minor difficulties with, right? You, you get a little bit of extra cash for the agent and you just go ahead and get them, you know, you spend it on the spend eight resources while you let the other person right. do a control objective. They actually didn't feel like they had hope in doing, you know, we're talking around two. people are kind of isolated to their slices, but you offer someone an alternative and say, listen, you can get here. I can give you access to here but I need to score on the flip side of it. And, and economic are, like we've said a few times, you don't have like big in a economic advantages. The best no. you got is maybe a tech skip is on a planet that's useful for that specific economic objective, which is not particularly common.
1: Yeah, yeah. Economic advantages uh, or economic objectives, I should say. Um, we're kind of in the middle here. Uh, we do have a five influence home system, so that ain't nothing. Right. Um, and, and, and it is going to be useful if uh, tokens come out or if influence come out. Um, but yeah, I, I really think for this to work, you got to pick a good slice, right? Mahak needs a good slice. Sorry to say, I just think that's how it works. I think, I think they have to have a good slice. They cannot, they're not the type of faction that can just let any slice. They're not Hakan. right? They can't just be like, oh, I'll just take whatever, you know, and, and I'll, I'll make it work. They're like kind of on the opposite side of that without being a bad faction.
0: Right. That's the idea is. They do poorly in poor situations, whereas a thing like Hakan Jolnar, they do not do poorly in poor situations. Yeah. But the difference is Mahakt rises almost even higher in the good situations. A great yeah. slice for Hakon kind of barely changes their situation. They had the money they had. They're going to be fine all the way through. But Mahakt gets boosted significantly more with that money. They are able to accomplish more with all of that money.
1: It's almost as if for Hakan a good slice is sort of a win more situation. Right. You know what I mean? <laughs> right. Whereas Mahawk, it's just a win. Yeah. Um, and that's what we want. Right. We want uh, things that settle right into the win. How do we feel about tech objectives? Uh well, we start with two tech, so you'd think we'd feel good. Uh, but well, we don't because <laughs> it happens to be a green and yellow tech It's like an
0: L1Z1X problem, I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah. It's a little weird. Um, I would try like if two tech and two colors comes out like right away. I am not I am not getting too green, too yellow. Right. I'm gonna figure out to do something else. Yeah. Um I would rather have my stuff online than just rush for scoring. Hopefully the other one is scorable and we do that. Yeah. Um if it's both tech that come out, maybe we just don't score around one and we bank on the idea that we can do a stage two. We're pretty good at stage twos, all right? right? It's not the worst idea to be like, okay, I, I select. My worst available tempo, because you know what? If you keep speaker control, you can probably pull it out. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um, Structures, we specifically earlier said we don't really like construction kind of in any context. Yeah. And we you haven't even pushed for a forward dock very much. So I do not like our odds on structure (laughs) objectives.
1: Yeah, they're kind. Of, I think they're like the worst category of objectives for us in that we just don't really have a reason to be excited about them. It is cool, Matt, that you were mentioning that like we could use the agent to follow construction and then actually use yeah. the space dock that we built that round really. on the secondary. That's pretty nice. Yeah. Um. The, so that's like kind of our our boon there. But in a vacuum, I might not even build a single structure. Yeah. If I didn't have to. Right. You know what I mean? As Mahawk. So I don't know. It it just it, it kind of depends on the situation. I think I would rather see them earlier rather than later because nah. I'd rather be able to kind of plan into it instead of... Be surprised and realize that, like, uh uh-oh, now I have to pivot or something or hope. Beg the person with JR to give me a
0: structure that I need. Ew. Yucky, yucky. Um, Me likey. Before we talk about stage twos, I think we wanted to open up a chance to sort of talk about any special mentioned secret objectives uh, that Mahocht is either better or worse at. So, uh, I mean, we've talked about control objectives, so the action phase, fighty. I think in our objective episode, like a hundred episodes ago, we called them battle objectives. Um yeah. this seems like a battle faction. It seems like we've been making a case for battle.
1: Yeah, and I think they do a really good job of like surprising yeah. uh, the other players with scoring their action phase secrets. Um I am very like open to the idea that most of the action phase secrets are at least conceptually doable for Mahawk, yeah. um which is, I think, a very good sign. There's not a single one that I'm like, well, that's going to be basically impossible to pivot to. Remember, our strength is flexibility. Even something weird, yeah. like a round four fleets to dust, and we have no PDS, and, like, and we don't have PDS2 yet, could maybe work out for us which is kind of saying a lot i mean that's like a that's like the worst situation i can imagine but like because of our kit that might not be a death sentence yeah um even even a situation where we have a single pds2 because of our commander we get multiple tries, right, you know? Right. Like, if we have ships around. Yeah.
0: Um, so, yeah, that's what, something. What else I think is stupid about it that that is an interesting thing that Mahakt can do, and I've seen this play a few times, is, you know, sometimes you have your support buddy, right? You got your support swap hanging out, and, like that's the only viable place you can do some of these things. You know, oh, it's the only place I can, yeah. I can, uh, like, do the void, brave the void, right? Yeah. Well, yeah. Benediction oh, is going. hilarious, because Benediction mm-hmm. is like, well, my support partner's in the void, unless I decide someone else crushes them inside the void, and now there's a new fleet in the void, and now that's my void to go brave, or, or whatever. Or do it yourself. Use, yeah. Use Benediction yeah. To, to avoid. Like, yeah, exactly. You can just yeah. move in, because it's not a tactical action, you just move your fleet into the void, and you never lose the support for the throne. Yeah. Now that's the meanest way to do it, but uh I don't
1: know. I'll do it. <laughs> Certainly possible. Yeah. Sounds that, good uh, to me. I don't think they're gonna be mad about it. They must kneel. Yeah, it Make does come. Kneel.
0: It does come slightly at a cost because uh there's a whole we have an issue with um we'll call them friends. We don't have friends. What does that mean when yeah. we don't have friends? <laughs> well, yeah, so it just means like when it comes to betray a friend, which is actually like
1: a very, I would say, a pretty easy mm-hmm. uh, action phase. Not the easiest, but like definitely like on the easier side uh, because everybody has an alliance, right? And they right. can just kind of be like, "Well, I'm, bleh, you want my alliance? Right. Whatever, you know." Uh, or I, or you, can I have yours? Yeah. It's crappy. Can I have it? Right. Um, uh, generally, the only friend we have in a game is probably our support partner. Um, we don't have an alliance ourselves. Uh, we we can't even get alliances from other people. That's actually the important part. Right. I want to keep betray a friend. Correct. instead of messing it up like it's so easy to do you need to have their stuff in your play area and right. then attack them yeah um so we literally can't get an alliance and there are what i mean there's, there's like, like a five
0: few. yeah there's i mean you can you can get hakan's trade convoys Mentax yeah. promise of protection empyrean's two notes and then yeah. the really weird ones are Nalu's gift of the prescience on the turn you have it in play, but let's be real, Nalu's not giving that out and definitely not to Mahawk. That's ridiculous. Uh the other one though is Terraform. If you can sum out hey, I mean I don't think a horrible trade is an agent on Titans round one to make them do really slick maneuvers in exchange for Terraform and then guess what? Terraform on a planet once it's attached, that's in your play area. That's a reliable that's we don't talk about Terraform enough and how it's the best betray a friend because you don't lose it when you attack them. You can just attack Titans over and over again. If you lose the combat or they retreat, they have skilled retreat or whatever. It doesn't mm-hmm. matter. You can try again. That's a huge deal, and it's especially important because Mahawk has very few other options. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that is that is pretty cool. Uh the other secret that we
1: never want to see, obviously, is the faction tech secret. Yeah. Uh that's garbage. I would rather lose than <laughs> satisfy the secrets requirement um because like I said at the beginning of the episode we are on protest we are protesting Dane <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and not researching genetic recombination <laughs> until there is an omega for it Dane you are on watch let's talk about stage 2s yeah stage 2s so I actually think we're really good at them I mm-hmm. think we're like the best uh at them now we're not Joel Nar but uh, a lot of the really icky, difficult control objectives are very imaginable. Yeah, uh, for for a, a mahawked player, um, economy. Uh, hopefully works out for us if we just have been you know kind of squirreling away the stuff that we need Yeah. Um, the control ones are so good rule distant lands achieve supremacy these don't sound so far fetched to me at no. all For yeah, a they're, they're
0: already the sort of like on an easier footing for a lot of factions and Mahawk is the one where it's just like y'all do your fancy footwork think you're gonna score chief supremacy I'll wait mm-hmm. it out and then I'll just move all my stuff around I'll build my flagship I'll deactivate it I'll move it I'll deactivate yeah. it and I'll park yeah. it on mechatol we're done
1: <laughs> yeah it's really beautiful in that way um so yeah I think I think a lot of them are very doable uh two and four colors obviously no no but uh, three unit, unit upgrades everyone can do that so who cares yep um it's yeah it's it's kind of I think the the best shot at a lot of the more difficult stage twos the, the, the really crazy controls um obviously structures meh, meh yeah not really gonna happen no um, but yeah, I, I i think they're I think they're on the higher end of
0: the stage two accomplishing factions. Yeah. Yeah. OK, so we've locked up our objectives. We feel like we have some sort of path in sight, but there are other players in our way or perhaps we are the chief target. It's time to talk about wind slaying and what we do. I think this will be a common theme in these episodes, but it is especially prevalent in Mahawk, we've talked about benediction we've talked about the commander but hunter lay it all out for me
1: i think mahawk is the best winslay faction in the game yeah i think it is the the what makes them a top tier faction what puts them in the top five in my personal book is the, how they winslay i okay. think they are basically an artist at it on either end yes of it they're they're good at being the bruiser the winslay leader uh, because they have Benediction. Benediction yep. is such a great Winslay tool. If You are, you know, third or fourth to, to win that position. I feel like you can kind of generally get people going as far as the carousel of windslaying right. as long as you're willing to put Benediction on the table. Or at least say you're gonna put
0: benediction <laughs> yeah, on Yeah, you're the a good rabble rouser. It's it's like, listen, we can achieve anything. I got benediction, I got tools in the kit, let's all work together. And you just lie to everyone's face or or tell, you know, a half or or, or truth or a full truth. It doesn't yeah, matter. Maybe you
1: need to t- maybe it's actually the truth. Maybe yes. that, that it is actually how this is gonna work. Right. In a situation where we're second to win, I love that. Um and, and we have no allies, nobody wants to help us out because we're second to win. Yeah. Um, we can probably just get it done. <laughs> like, if all we have to do is Winslay one person, we can probably just do that. We yeah. don't actually need anyone's help, which is right. like kind of crazy. Yeah, like that's it that is. is not normal for right. a faction to be able to reliably Winslay another faction. And I feel like in saying that, you know, I don't imagine that there's a bunch of listeners being like, "Well, I don't know about that." This is like a safe <laughs> thing to say. Yeah, like benediction uh, can be used. In in there's kind of a twofold way of using it. You can use it to uh, clear somebody out to move their ships out of their home system. Sure, you can use it to move your ships into an unexpected weird source after having moved them. Yeah. You move your ships and then you Benedict your own ships into some like whatever uh, uh, system that you haven't activated now, and then they can move again. Mm-hmm. It it it's so flexible. Um, and also, you can use fleet logistics to uh, very suddenly kind of spook people. Be like. Um you know what it's time to do it right now. Yeah, yeah. Uh, benediction into that system and then move again and bam suddenly you've like you've you've struck a system that is so wild as far as the possibility space for it that there's no way that they were considering like all of the different ways you could have done it. Right. Um that's what I like about it is I think that being on the other end the other side of a mahawk winning game and like trying to fight against it you will burn out yeah. trying yeah. to come up with all the different ways that
0: Mahawk could try yeah. to do this. Well, yeah, especially think how think about how wobbly so often your win is when you're in that first position as somebody else. Like the I'm thinking of one of the most common things is just like I'm sitting on Imperial or I'm sitting on Mechatol with Imperial. As long as it just gets to my turn, I pop Imperial. And it's like Mahawk can just be like, um, all of your ships are no longer on Mechatol, and then so and so can just invade the planet or whatever. Like, there's so yeah. many easy plans to just remove someone from Mechatol, no big deal, right. or remove you from that critical objective that you're going to pop Imperial off of. You know, it's like Mohawk knows they're going before you. All they have to do is Benedict, and you'll probably lose access to that, and that might be your entire shot at a victory thrown out the window. And Mohawk is sitting on leadership and is just going to coast out the rest of the round.
1: <laughs> it's so true, and it's it really just comes down to two: like, make sure. That you have your tokens though yes you really need those tokens yeah you need to be prepped you need to have tokens out and ready to go there there are people there are high level players that suggest a type of mahawk that is like a little more aggressive in the mid or early game Mm -hmm. than like what i'm like what we're suggesting in this guide yeah however Those people are crazy, and they're much better at the game than you are, okay? (laughs) Or me, or anyone, okay? Don't listen to them. Don't let them guide you down the wrong path. Sure. What I'm saying is get all the tokens out of the bag, plop them on your sheet, and then in round five, have a buffet of options. Right. Have a buffet of various things uh, that you can do. Let's talk about...
0: Yeah, let's oh, yeah. talk about yeah. the flip side of it is the fact that you have made a case here. You have a whole section called the Winslay defense because you do have an easy to imagine scenario where Mahawk is leading the pack. And guess what? All we got to do is make our opponents bonk their heads into each other and three stooges their way out the door.
1: <laughs> yeah, so there's really there's really two major aspects to this. Uh, using Benediction in a defensive stance being like, I'm the winner. I'm going to use Benediction at some point, yep. somewhere is so much fun. It's like the most (laughs) fun I think you can have in Twilight Imperium. Because you're finally just looking at the map and you're being like, this is an ability that I can use basically anywhere against my enemies. Right. And they, they have to do so much to make it not workable you yep. know what i mean you have to you have to clear the map you have to everyone get out of every system <laughs> like we no, no one can be near anything and guess what you can also just get near them and take up the space you can just kind of sit there and just kind of move your fiddly pieces yep. around in various goofy little stupid ways and just but but my thing is here is this try to keep Benediction. addiction save it until the last critical moment yeah Uh, that you can as far as playing it to mess up the other players because the idea of benediction is just as powerful as the actual ability itself if everyone is trying to play around it you basically already won
0: yeah they're they're gonna flub over themselves because benediction can mean anything and it's only the second you've used benediction early that then now you're a known variable right the the easiest thing to do to win slay like any player is like essentially some sort of warfare thing where like you move everything really close to their home system like adjacent to it and then you warfare you know pull that token off and then you you dive onto their home system right mahawked as long as benediction is still on the board you move that thing once and then all i have to do is just like shove it like after you've used warfare it's like pushed you backwards you don't have the range anymore or whatever like you can literally wait for a person to come up to you and then you stick your hand out and put it on their forehead and they swing their little fists at you and can't reach you because you've just literally moved them too far away but any any moment where you take Benediction off the table, you are now a known variable that they have yeah. to handle. Right,
1: and also it frees them up to put more command tokens on the table because yeah. until you play Benediction, any time they put a command token in any system, even a supposedly worthless, pointless system just mm-hmm. to stall, is a liability. Right, that is a system that you could Benedict their giant fleet into, and now they are locked right. down, regardless right. of whatever it is whatever else it is that they're doing. The second part of the Winslade defense is a really obvious one, is Star Lancers. Star Lancers is a beautiful gift to Mahawk's world, and every day, Mahawk should kiss every Star Lancer right on the cheek. Okay? (laughs) They should love them. Uh, There should be no kneeling of Star Lancers. If anything, you should be kneeling to your own Star Lancers. Get on it. Okay? Make a big Star Lancer and kneel to it yourself. Uh, All you got to do is have one in your home system, and maybe one on Mechatol Rex if that's part of your whole thing. Or maybe them all spread out to the various planets that you need to control, uh, and then as everyone tries to attack you, you start giving them their command tokens back. Okay, sure, that part sucks. They get their command token back, but yep. they've now activated the system. There's only so much they can do that before exactly. it just kind of becomes pointless. Meanwhile, you're free to strike back. It's a very coordinated thing that the players have to do in order to bypass Star Lancers. Think right. th- think about how many games that you've played where the Windslay Carousel... Falls apart. Right. Well, Mahakt needs two people to be <laughs> on their best behavior in order for them to play around Star Lancers. Yeah. And I'm not saying it's impossible. I'm just right. saying it's a level of discipline that a lot of people are not
0: going to incorporate against right. you. And remember, if you have the first part two, you're tripling the amount of work. Like you're, They have to... St- Plan the Star Lancer thing, the double activate move, then do it again. And they have to make sure nothing gets benedicted in the middle of that. Like, it's it's a 14-step scenario. They have They literally have to invent a Magic Christmas Land to get through all of your defenses. That's yep, how yep, good yep. it is. So I understand why the good players decide, you know, actually it's okay to push early because as long as I know I'm going to have the money. It's that idea that you see, I think, in like, you know... The, the heck mode players or the Euro morning crew where they kind of lean more into this, like, if I can just, like, get a, a critical mass of planets from my opponents, my economy will be so off the chain. And and as long as I'm not silly about my objective scoring economy, like, I just am reliably scoring, I can do aggressive maneuvers and just outpace you. I think Mahakt is, like, the ultimate version of that. As we've been saying, yeah. like, if I just, ha- if I just got s- too much money, I do way more with that than anybody else is capable with including on the preventing a wind of myself so i could totally rush out to an early lead i can risk my custodians round one if it if i have a reliable money making plan for that mid game or whatever because you just know you can fall back on these tools you just have to prep for them properly
1: yeah and the last thing i want to mention as far as wind or late game stuff in general is always remember predictive mm-hmm. uh it is uh, such a nifty way to sort of be like, I'm gonna switch it up a little yeah. bit, or uh oh, <laughs> I got more tokens than you counted on. You know, you can be such a little devil yeah. with predictive, uh, and yeah, don't hesitate to use it. Don't hesitate to in the last round use it and then biosims it back. Who knows yeah. what you're gonna do, you little weirdo? You're unpredictable. <laughs> yes, that's the that's whole the thing. Whole point. It's it's hard to like. Keep all the possibilities of Mahawk in your head. If you can just get to that point where you have the tempo and you
0: have the win,
1: yeah, I don't know. It's a lot to figure out stopping you.
0: Yeah yeah you, you, it's it is that high, it's high skill floor but it's extremely high skill ceiling you got to be able to yeah. accomplish all these things but so do you so do your opponents your opponents have so much more to figure out on their end and so it just yeah. it ramps up the complexity of the entire game and not everyone can handle it i know i can't i lose to Mahawk all the time these days so i just yeah. lost to them yesterday in my alliance game so it's just it, it's tricky a lot of times people will um and
1: and this is this in no way am i throwing shade at all but I have seen multiple times players kind of give up on wind slaying a mahawk. Yeah, yeah. Because what happens is it's too complicated. It takes too much effort. And then players start saying things like, "What? what I'm going to win slay this mahawk and then and, then, and what? then what? For sure someone else wins because I've had to do yep. this and then this and right. then this. They'll just be like, you know what? A uh, good game. You already yeah. won. You know right. what I mean? Like, I'm 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 just gonna give it to this person because why do i just want the next
0: person in line to win if i had to do all of these things there's too many things to do Yep, absolutely it's rare it's not always worth all of the work to make it happen uh for plenty of the factions at the board you've added so many elements the person has to be in a position to win themselves and they have to Mm -hmm. be able to get past your star lancer and they have to be able to get past your benediction you see how it's just it just adds up to too many things to deal with yeah it's it's like
1: it's like don't you know, don't bother stopping Mahawk, it's not worth the trouble, you know what I mean? Like, that's almost right. like the right. slogan of Mahawk, like, <laughs> don't bother stopping me, it's too complicated, it's annoying, <laughs> just don't, just, just let me win and we'll just move on, you uh-huh. know what I mean? Like, there's a lot, we, have, we all have a lot of life to live, you yeah. know, yeah. Uh, we don't need to bother with all of this complicated win slay Mahawk business. Um, all right, last, last thing to talk about, let's zoom out. Look at the whole game in one, and at one time, yes. the whole thing. Let's talk about what is the tempo. To me, there's only really two to talk about with Mahawks. There'll be two for most everybody. There's sure. pretty much with extra points and then without. Yeah. Um. But we'll see how this section kind. Of, maybe this section goes away because it's like just me saying the same thing every yep. time. But I don't know. First one. Let's talk about if you get custodians or extra points. Um. This is this is fun. They're both fun for Mahawk. Um, this one's kind of easy peasy I would say Uh, you score your stage ones. you save action phase uh, secret objectives for the last moment Uh, we just play a cool fun game Uh, we prioritize that early game tempo uh, and we just assume we're going to do well in the late game we're not going to have to get a stage two with this tempo especially if we get a support swap or I mean definitely if we get a support swap Um, and play the speaker token game do not let the speaker token pass you after round one this will not be that hard to accomplish because if you got custodians and you listen
0: to everything else we've said today you're having a good game yeah okay if anything I would say in this tempo you brought up the support for the throne I would push for that as early as you can because you're going to become an apparent threat very early in this kind of a game so if you know you're going to go for some sort of custodians thing lock that support swap in ASAP um
1: let's talk about what it looks like if we don't get custodians this is probably going to be in my opinion this is more common for my play style i i as Mahawk, i did not find it to be worthwhile to get custodians every time i know there's players that probably get custodians a lot more than i do they play a little more wild i'm playing you know i'm 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 your huckleberry you know um we're looking at a stage two we're Mm -hmm. gonna say stage two we're gonna be working on that um, it's going to be around five, hopefully. Right. Um, we should prioritize score after the first round. We should prioritize scoring points every single round. We got to prioritize getting that support swap done. Um, and I would say be a little more loosey goosey with speaker control. Yeah. Uh, if we're if we didn't get custodians and we're not having some sort of excellent round one where we sort of sped past all of our limitations, then what we're going to be saying is okay. This is going to be a game where we're going to be looking to score a stage two. So that means I got at My scoring. From here on out, it yep. must be perfect. We must execute right. on everything. So that means can we prioritize speaker position? I think not. Yeah. Okay. If you can, always do it, by the way. I, that's just something I think. <laughs> you can do speaker position shenanigans. Never pass on that. Right. Um, right. If you can't without throwing away your, your tempo, well, then, yeah, whatever. That's, that's how right. it is. Um, the thing that you need to remember is everything we just said about wind slang. Yep. It's going to be true. Don't think that you've lost just because you're going to be fourth to score in round yep. five. Don't think that. Right. You, you probably still have very much a shot. Yep. Keep playing. Uh, pay attention to your abilities. Always keep in mind where the benediction could happen, but don't pull the trigger until it matters
0: most. Yeah, and, and I even think the big thing, too, you've, you've remarked here that it's like, you know, we're talking about a scorable stage two in round five. If it's not it's probably incredibly possible for you to make sure it's not scorable for anyone and you're pushing for the round six, right? Like sometimes the wind slay is let's yeah. make round six happen. And guess what? Mahakt is just fine at probably being in that right position. If, if we were in third or fourth spot, we can probably take politics in round five because we see, well, there's no other route, but I can wind slay into round six and then win it there.
1: Oh, yeah. Mahawk player that's coming into round five up top being like, I'm going to try and win slay multiple players. Uh, it's not, you know,
0: it, it's not the easiest thing in the world to do, but for you, but you have the best kit for it. Yep. So there you go. Right. You have the most to lean on. Okay. I feel really good about that Mahawk uh, setup, uh, especially I think people will be happy with it. I do think after the last time we just had so many questions still because we didn't know what I think we didn't know what tech looked like in POK. I I think we had the question of maybe blue tech isn't best for like a year. We, we thought there was hope in AI dev and all of that. And I think what we've come around to is the idea that it is still safe. And because it's safe, the other things can sort of flourish where we were trying, there was a period where we were trying to make non blue tech paths flourish and only a couple worked out in the end.
1: Yeah. I mean, it's, I don't know how to get around it, y'all. Yeah. I, I It does feel like we're a broken record for tech every single time that we talk about it. I still feel like it's worth talking about it. Yeah. I, I think it's worth exploring all of the situations where that's not the case. Yeah. I, that's why I always want to talk about supplemental tech in addition to a, a maybe predominantly blue tech path. Mm-hmm. Um, it, when Whenever we throw out supplemental techs, we mean it. Like th- Those techs are good to throw into your general tech path. Yeah. Um, but in an abstract way, a lot of times, Blue is really easy to recommend. Yeah. Um, and that's not going to be
0: changing anytime soon. Right. Badly. I mean, hey, you know what? For for all you freaks out there, I'll just give you this one, okay? And we and Hunter, you don't get to contest it. I'm going to dive right into the rundown after this. But, hey, Mahawked has fun stuff with integrated economy, right? I can move into a place build on those new planets with my integrated economy and later lift those tokens and continue like literally the thing we described of moving forward slowly and steamrolling through someone integrated can directly feed into that strategy so if you really wanted to shirk our blue advice go transit and go integrated and slow roll your way through your enemies why not have at it that's that's your thing to do (laughs) how about this get two yellow skips
1: and just put just do integrated economy in round four after you already got all the blue tech. How about do that? (laughs) What about that? That sounds like we annihilate
0: someone in the late game. Yeah. That's insane. Yeah. Integrated is a nuts late game tech in, in these hands. That's pretty, that's pretty cool. Hey, I want to thank our Weird Bears, Big Al Cappuccino, Squeamish, Emu, Ponchidori, Kalu, and Daryl, Gene Jedi, Carnal, John, Necrodyze Twice, Kindred Spirit, Alice, Lord Raddington, Emleshevsky, Sunfax, Absol, Ricky M44, Arwise, Ryan, and Spirit Thing. And I want to thank our Teensy Sprouts, Patience is a Virtue, Ethan from Cardboard Crash Course, Baldric, Tautology is what it is, Frank G, Rekka, General Pith, my son is also named Boar, Uncle Batty, Savant, and Vince. Hunter, I got a beautiful homebrew review for you right now. Woo! It's the homebrew review. This one's brought to us by Time Thief. And here we go. I got a new, simpler space dock idea sparked from Matt's recent comments. Throw out the plastic that comes with the game. Or we get rid of our old space docks. Instead, make three new pieces. The three will be unique in that the first space dock the player starts with will have Five spires coming off the ring, five spires, indicating visually that it can produce five pieces of plastic. The second space dock will have four spires, and the third will have three spires. If you research space dock two, you flip over the space docks. And they have seven, six, and five spires. Again, indicating their production capacity. It does not matter what planet it is on. Also, add to construction primary that you can redistribute where you want on which uh, space dock. So you can have higher capacity on the front lines in the later rounds. What do you think, Hunter? We just get rid of all of this goofy production capacity shenanigans. We get rid of all that ugly text on the space dock a uh, unit area and we just say everyone's got the same kind of space docks and you put them where you want and they mean what you mean but you have some disparity in how well they work and you have to decide where you want those to end up <laughs> 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 weird thing about space docs to me is I don't like the production capacity but it is interesting like I don't like that it's complicated but it is an interesting decision point sometimes but then is it I don't know is it you just put it on the best planet in the system it's not actually that interesting I just go back and forth on this
1: it's interesting from a faction balance perspective sure The fact that the factions have this kind of implied advantage. It's not even really directly stated anywhere. Right. It's just like, well, guess what? I can produce this many units. Right. And I'm just afraid of this solution because I feel like it nerfs even some factions that I do do not deserve to be nerfed. Like, for example, Barony uh, is like one that would take a hit from this. Uh, L1Z1X
0: would take a hit from this. Right.
1: And I think that's, I don't know, that's kind of. That's tough.
0: I don't mean to be wishy-washy about it. No, I agree. Um, I, that was kind of my immediate reaction to this, too, is I like the direction the idea is going in, but it, it's it's just barely lacking. I think the biggest problem is, honestly, it's that production would require... Like, to actually be a clean new thing, it's got to be, like, an overhaul. Like, there's just no Band-Aid. Yeah. There's no Band-Aid to the production problem. It's too complicated, and you have to drastically change it to, to make it work or whatever. Like, the game has to work around it. You have to change... Have, like Hunter's kind of remarking on, like the faction balance has to be considered in this new thing, and it, and it would have to change around it. Maybe, maybe it's like you, the the faction start indicates which of the space stocks you start with, and maybe so maybe it's maybe it's not uh. five four three, maybe it's like six five four, and then you. On the back of the faction sheet, it's like Barony starts with the six, because that's still supposed to be their thing. L One starts with the six. That's supposed to be their thing. But Nasroka starts with the four or whatever. That's supposed to be their thing. Maybe, maybe that's, okay, yeah. that's a Br- slight addendum.
1: Bring up the bottom, like bring up the weaker ones and maintain sort of where the stronger ones are at. Yeah. And then maybe that would be fairest. And then but I d I don't do people still This is what's kind of tricky about this is it kind of seems like you're still in a similar situation of it's not really that big of an improvement
0: to upgrade so much as just build another one. Yeah. You know, right. But yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I I think you could like drastically change the numbers. I think that's the the mathiness of it is like, yeah, you could actually just really fiddle with the numbers here and get something uh, really beautiful, especially if you were committed. Man, if you were committed to just like they could be either or side, you could have a faction where it's like, hey, they start on the seven side. Actually, you haven't upgraded it yet, but you can just start on like the seven production capacity or something. I don't know. It's almost
1: like we need like a fun new shakeup with the strategy cards with perhaps there being a strategy card that allows us to just build out of our space docks and maybe even (laughs) in like a new interesting way a production card yeah you know like the secondary of warfare is better than the primary of warfare yep that's a weird contradiction we used to have production that used to be the number four number four just was Mm -hmm.
0: production i miss Mm. it oh interesting <laughs> okay hunter cool. I got another one from the mailbag for you it's time for the agenda phase bang bang Whoa. bang gavel noise uh, this one's from Saros and uh, it's given an unlimited budget where would you hold an in person tournament finals oh wait unlimited budget an unlimited budget <laughs> mm, get your ass to Mars <laughs> <laughs> Wow. I guess I'm not bleeping that one. <laughs> okay. Here was my answer for this one. It's less about the the physical like geographical location and it's more about what are we what are the capabilities we are enabling and with the unlimited budget that's where the tournament finals take place on a a large poker table that is set up for streaming like world series of poker style stuff where you've got like areas where cameras can see through and see what cards people have and those things have RFID tags on them that sync up to some sort of Daryl app where we just have a running like we can do the TTPG thing with an IRL oh. table, you know what I mean. I want I want that table to exist, and then I want a whole production studio around it. So it doesn't it doesn't need to be anywhere. I, you know, we fly people right. to wherever. It can be in it can be in Northwest Arkansas. It can be in New York. It can be in Barbados. I don't care. But I want a big studio with a big crew and lighting and this freaky table that just registers all of the information the same as tabletop playground. I think with an unlimited budget, one, another thing I would do. Uh huh.
1: Uh, besides my first excellent suggestion, mm-hmm. uh, would be to like sort of, sort of go to Daryl's house, <laughs> and kind of like, I mean, like we'd talk to him about it, but like, sort of like install, mm-hmm. like sort of cyber <laughs> implants into Daryl's brain, uh-huh. so that we
0: could directly kind of connect Daryl. <laughs> to what you're Hunter what you're suggesting Mm -hmm. is we we turn Daryl we we talk to him about it we we talk talk to to Daryl first but we allow Daryl the opportunity to be the singularity with an unlimited yeah, budget, yes. we turn singularity. We we turn Daryl into an infinite coding machine that can improve himself faster than humans are able to improve his own coding, and sort of make like an ultimate Twilight Imperium thing. Except also, um, all of society shuts down because Daryl is now sort of the supreme being, and and far exceeds yeah. any possible uh, you know speed at which our brains can move.
1: Listen, you say unlimited budget and I say cyber Daryl. That's kind of where I'm at. You know, I just think that's kind of what makes the most sense. I think I think Daryl would reluctantly agree, you know. I think, and we talked to him about it. Sure, we talked. We talked to him about. Hey, it. we talked to him about. It. You
0: can rate this podcast on Apple Podcast, Spotify, wherever you listen Apple to podcasts. us. O- Apple Podcast, wherever Apple you listen podcasts. to us. And if you give us a five star rating, just tell us about Cyber Daryl and all the things you think he'd be up to. What does what does Cyber Daryl do these days? Ooh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But like a, make a little do. story. Look at the currently yes, existing yes, yes. other ratings, and can piggyback your story about Cyber Daryl off of where the last story left. Please. Off. <laughs> turn
1: our review section <laughs> into a series of five-star reviews where you start a story a fiction about <laughs> cyber daryl and when one review ends the next one picks up yep. where the last adventure the left, left off. off that's exactly right that's a good use of our time
0: <laughs> it helps with our it helps with the algorithm sure obviously, i gonna think love it, cyber it, i, I want to note this is a bit we regularly do on the show. I don't know how it impacts the algorithm. I can't imagine it's actually good, but I don't care. I don't
1: know. (laughs) The whole point of it is is you're doing us a solid because you're giving us a five star thing. But does the algorithm care about
0: what is said in that?
1: Does the algorithm care? Someone tell me. (laughs) Listen, us trying to get Five star reviews for our podcast is let's be fair to use the the parlance of gen Z it's cringe, okay, <laughs> but if we pair it with give us a five star review and then a also, short story <laughs> like contradict mm-hmm. like what makes sense, yeah, and don't recommend the podcast, just confuse people that come after you, yeah, that's a good use of time. Uh, because it's like you're giving us a five-star review but you also might be discouraging someone that doesn't know what the podcast
0: is you know like that while we're on the topic can y'all do that in the youtube comments that'd be swell i'd love for more comments on the youtube that are just nonsense can we stop having these actual youtube comments Can we start having
1: not YouTube comments be the YouTube comments? I'm really kind of tired of. Yeah. Like, you know what you could do is you could listen to the show. And, you know, sometimes people have, like, reactions to something they're hearing on the show right now. Yeah. You could just open up any YouTube video of Mm -hmm. ours and then type your reaction to the podcast you're listening just into a comment of some video that's unrelated. I tell
0: you what, the first person that does this, I guarantee you I will include it as errata in the next episode. I get emails for every YouTube comment. And if you include podcast episode errata in a random, and I'm saying go anywhere. I don't care if it's a recent, video, go deep. Find a deep one and give me (laughs) errata on this right now okay (laughs) on this episode if you had an issue with something we said in the mahawk guide go find the 2018 holiday spectacular or whatever it is i don't care and Tell me about your Mahawk thoughts, okay? All right. You can also go to our website for more information about our Patreon, our Discord, our merch, and Our website sucks. Our website but you can sucks, go to it, I guess. You can go to it. You can email us at spacecatspeaceturtles at gmail.com and send us this Imperium Life Stories. However, this episode's gone long. I can tell you for sure I'm not doing a tournament game recap of the week, but that's because I am prepping a bonus episode for you because we are many weeks behind. There's like 25 tournament games I have to recap, so I'm doing a super bonus episode Soon, very soon, in the next week or two, I'm gonna get them all recorded and patched up, and you're just gonna get that huge bonus episode. Thank you for everybody who commented. I asked you last week if you would be chill with this, and everybody was like, "Chill with it. I prefer it." So that's what we're doing. Thank you. Thank you for permission. Awesome. Awesome. <laughs> Thank you.
1: All all praise be to Cyber Daryl. <laughs> all praise be to Cyber Daryl. All uh, pra- and That'll be our new I, sign. That's off who for we kneel to. All praise be yeah. to Cyber Daryl. I will kneel to Cyber Daryl. What? Won't you?